moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Friday, September 2nd, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by. Pockets so fat, it don't make no sense. No whip so clean, don't need no tips. Watch so bright, don't need no light. And no air word, don't need no mic. Niggas like young, what you get for a show? Tell them same thing I used to get for the blow. Send them on the road, nigga, what I gotta lose? Put them in the vans, I ain't talking about the shoes. Do the speed limit, nigga, watch out for the likes. Pussy ass niggas gotta watch out for the dykes. 17 five, yeah, nigga, I said it. 17 five, yeah, nigga, I meant it. They want me doing bad, but I'm doing good. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so much. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Mm. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again can be found at manrubs.com and on Instagram, manrubs. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on- and off-duty gear, hot-melted plastic made just for you. Need something custom? They got you covered. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The Pillow King of Minnesota and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family. Oh, you've guessed it. Dropping big Labor Day savings. Ooh. My towel sets. Erlindell version twos. My mattresses and Giza Dream everything. Lowest prices than ever before. You still got that OG 1998 original MyPillow version one. Get them out the door when you enter promo code STEAK at checkout. If you're more of a morning person, my coffee's dropped. Whether you like it in the bag, whether you like it in the bean, whether you like it in the pod, Mike will get those breakfast uh, side dishes taken care of and done up right. MyPillow.com forward slash steak for everything sleep related. If you're more of a morning person, MyStore.com forward slash steak. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear. And the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, are so hood you should have been on the original version? Get those ear needs taken care of and done upright. Odyssey.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's a licensed FFL if you're into the tradesies and don't live in Canada. It's also got a five-star rating. His newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Steak for breakfast backs the blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. While they're off-duty, they're probably wearing gear from Mediocre Medic. Sweatshirts, T-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on the job. Plus, I got a pretty fire IG. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least... The gold standard of tactical flair and home of the zero fuck stuck. Still don't know? Check him out and go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us. You can find him on Instagram. Find him on Facebook. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. We're on the website at SteakforBreakfastPodcast.com. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, the website, our newest Substack, Telegram channel, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app. From the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified accounts on Getter and Truth Social. Welcome 
Friday edition, Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 166. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. Actually, that's out of the office today, but guys, we've got some great guests coming in to talk about all the crazy stuff that's going on. So let's jump right into the news. Does President Biden think it is compassionate when a four-month-old infant and an 18-month-old toddler were left in the Arizona desert by smugglers? Or how about when 51 migrants died after being abandoned in a semi-truck in the Texas heat? Is it morally right that our children were forced to stay home from school while politicians dined out? Or when our kids did go back to school, does Joe Biden think our nation's values tell us that it's no longer the content of our character that counts, but rather the color of our skin? Mm. When biological boys are allowed to compete in girls' sports, does President Biden think that is fair? When violent criminals get stimulus checks from Democrats' wasteful spending. Does President Biden think that's right or defensible? Is it fair that historic inflation is causing Americans to get second jobs or go into credit card debt to pay for groceries or to drive their daughter to get chemotherapy? Of course, it is not. It's cruel. And honest Americans know this. They deserve better than to be demoralized for speaking out about what they know to be true. President Biden isn't interested in the truce. All he wants to do is change the subject from the pain Americans are facing every day. Yet instead of trying to bring our country together to solve these challenges, President Biden has chosen to divide, demean, and disparage his fellow Americans. Why? Simply because they disagree with his policies. That is not leadership. When the president speaks tonight at Independence Hall, the first lines out of his mouth should be to apologize for slandering tens of millions of Americans as fascists. President Biden wants to talk about the soul of the nation. Tonight, he will say democracy is at stake. And he will declare that only Democrats hold the moral upper hand. What Joe Biden doesn't understand is that the soul of America is in the tens of millions of hardworking people, of loving families, of law-abiding citizens, whom he vilified for simply wanting a stronger, safer, and more prosperous country. The soul of America is not the ruling class in Washington. It is the law-abiding, tax-paying American citizen. The soul of America is our determination to get up and go to work every day, provide for our families, to love our children, be involved in their education and ensure that this nation and its people always come first. Hmm. That was 
GOP House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy yesterday before the Joe Biden. What are we calling it? I don't know. What do you <laughs> I, still, I, I got nothing. I still like B for Brandetta. B for Brandetta, yeah. That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, and this is Steak for Breakfast. We're glad that you guys are joining us today. We're experiencing the fallout, and for some of the items that Minority Leader McCarthy hit on yesterday, boy, was he ever off the fucking mark. Asking for an apology was uh, not really on Joe Biden's agenda yesterday. It was more like doubling and tripling down on destroying all of us, which is which is pretty uh, eyebrow raising to say the least. It, it, it's absolutely crazy. You can't wake up in the morning yesterday and think that that is how the leader of the free world was going to address the nation from Independence Hall in Philadelphia against a backdrop of blood red. Lights projected on the building and being flanked by Marines. When you talk about the people that do the analytics and symbolisms for political campaigns and stuff like that, like it's that is a huge part. If you look at what color tie is he wearing and, you know, okay, he's going to do this, so he's going to wear the cornflower blue tie, mm-hmm. that stuff falls into play or comes into play in an astronomical level when they when they go down to the, the minutia of this kind of stuff. So there's no fucking accident. Like, okay, yeah, it's red, white, and blue. There's some blue on the outside or whatever. But the framing, the the Marines in the background, the red, it, it's, you know, it's, it's ominous for a reason. Yeah, they uh, have harnessed. Well, the only way to combat MAGA is with Dark Brandon. Like, is, is that really where the president of the United States and his top staffers are right now? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, is this a rhetorical question? (laughs) It was also announced today that former Obama White House staffer and senior advisor on the Clinton campaign, John Podesta, will be joining the Biden White House in the senior advisory role. Why does that guy's name sound familiar? I'm I'm, I'm having a hard time. That's going to disappoint a lot of people. Fire up the hot pockets. Um, someone who was fired up also, but in a joking manner, because again, we're gonna we're gonna lay it out there for you, soup to nuts. What happened before? We'll build it up. We'll play the speech, and we'll get some analysis and give commentary. See where we're at. We're gonna be joined by a couple of our great friends today, and uh, I've got a feeling you're gonna like what you know they're gonna have to say, Tucker show lined up yesterday to where well we all knew it wasn't going to completely wash his show because i think joe biden spoke for around 24 minutes which was just about as long as those top tier drugs can last at that level yeah they, you know it's they give him one in the cheek and then slap him on the other one and send him out there usually and you gotta get him in and out before it wears off and he did cough through the whole first third i think of this speech but let's not get ahead of ourselves let's hear tucker at the top of his show leading into uh, Joe Biden's address to the nation yesterday to uh, fight for the soul of it. In history, for hundreds of years, the U.S. has had a political system comprised of two competing parties. If you were to declare one of those parties criminal and illegitimate, what would you be left with? Well, you'd be left with a one-party state, and that is what Joe Biden is calling for tonight, a one-party state. It's shocking. You may have trouble believing it's even happening, and yet it is, live on television right now. 
And yet, and here's what we're here to tell you, believe it or not, there is an upside to this catastrophe. Even as you watch your beloved country take a turn you never imagined possible, there is reason for hope. American liberals may have obvious dictatorial ambitions. There's no question they do. Only would-be dictators fear free speech and an armed population. But just because liberals long for a one-party state doesn't mean they're going to get one. They won't. In the end, they don't have the skills to pull that off. Liberals are too incompetent to overthrow democracy. And that's obvious from history. Every successful authoritarian revolution has had two things in common. A coherent worldview and a competent military force. Yep. Lenin, for example, Lenin had the writings of Karl Marx to provide an ideological justification for his revolution. And he had the military genius of Leon Trotsky to pull it off. Together, these two things were enough to topple the czar and take control of the world's biggest country. For all his power, Joe Biden does not have these two things. Marx and Trotsky? No. Joe Biden has Taylor Lorenz and Mark Milley. Mm. You're a huge Mark Milley fan right now? No. No? General pronouns? Unequivocally, no. Mm. I'm the antithesis of a fan of. Of Team Milley? Yeah. What about Team SecDef? Thoroughly modern Millie. Mm. General pronouns, I think, is my favorite. Uh, general pronouns is, is, was that yours? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty solid. How dare we? So even Tucker wanted to kind of lay out like a little bit of a history lesson and kind of, you know, talk about the unprecedented nature of some of the rhetoric that's been coming out of this administration. You saw Joe Biden at two different speaking events last week, again, before dozens in a high school gymnasium. And then at, uh, you know, another speaking event at the White House. In addition to that, KJP has been, you know, regurgitating that narrative um, that our country right now, the United States of America, the shining beacon on the hill, is under assault for the very existence of it by Donald Trump and anyone who supports him. Literally. Me. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. No. And uh, for those who didn't have the stomach to listen through last night, um, we're going to play some excerpts from, you know, this. I don't even know where they, like, I know what Noah said about the optics and, and, and the way it makes people feel. And there's kind of like a vibe to it. This was ridiculous. Or they're just trying to make him so unappealing and off the wall. Cause I mean, we know that he's not making any decisions. Like a- anybody knows people on his fucking team. Like, I mean, p- the people that like him and they're on his team, like figuratively quote unquote, they know he's not making any decisions. They're literally throwing him up there. Say this, say that. Like when you see these, these clips of, Oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I do that. Like it's literally constant. Like I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed to talk. Like, what? When was a president ever saying something like that? Like, maybe the, I might get in trouble for saying this and then saying some outlandish shit, but, like, they told me I'm not allowed to answer any questions. Yeah, it was like, yeah, that's true. Or when, you know, uh, Congressman, Congressman Lee asked him who presses the button to mute his microphone, and they were serious. Or when Sean Hannity did, like, a, a five-minute cold open that had a split screen of Joe Biden where he literally says it is not the same human being, not the same. He didn't say it wasn't the same person. Like the Joe Biden who was a congressman is detached from the person who's the president. He like was doing like 
facial comparisons and he did the meme split screen of his face and was like, this, it's literally not him. And then it just kind of goes away. Well, and then you have people try to explain that away. Like, oh, you know, the plastic surgery when they tighten your face is they, you know, they, I, they, they cut a slit and throw their slow your or throw your face over your ear. It's like, yeah, but you're still not going to get like a connected earlobe I mean, versus is, a non-connected earlobe. It is one of the ways that's, that some surgeons go and uh, cure the turkey neck, which Joe Biden did have. Mm. So, I mean, imagine Mitch McConnell got that. His ears would go down to his shoulders. <laughs> mm. But let's let's get into this because this is, this is extremely serious in nature. He looked like uh, a sci-fi character. Mm. Yeah, like that guy from Star Trek with the, that was all. He oh, probably looked like Alf. Oh, good point. <laughs> with glasses and a Werther's <laughs> original. All right, here we go. Joe Biden stump speech, fighting for the soul of the nation. Let's hear it. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats, and about the incredible future that lies in front of us, if only we choose it. We must never forget, we the people are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. We the people have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. A flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights. That sacred flame still burns. Now in our time, as we build an America that is more prosperous, free and just, hmm? that is the work of my presidency. Prosperous, a free mission and just? I believe in with my whole soul. But first, we must be honest with each other. That makes sense. I don't think it And with ourselves. Fact check true. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Not. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans Marga? represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. What? What? Ex- I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. I'm sure you have mainstream Republicans in, in taking the country. Mainstream, mainstream media, mainstream Republicans. Mm-hmm. Mainstream is bad. Establishment is bad. Establishment gets shit bills passed that increase the debt and sell our country up the river with worker visas with. Huge inflation, unregulated spending. Hmm. Prosperous. He was supposed to be. So, you know, they've been celebrating the greatest accomplishments in the history of the universe over the past couple of weeks with all the bills he's passed and the jobs he's created and how he's defeated COVID, and all this other bullshit, COVID Relief Act, you name it. 
apparently the Biden administration's fixed it. But in an address to the you nation say. about saving its soul, the first thing that he invokes is Donald Trump and the MAGA movement, the nationalist, populist, America first movement. Mm-hmm. And everything he says, like, contradicts itself. Yes. Yes, it does. And uh, pulling his vibe and, and what he tried to harness off of Independence Hall and the signing of the Constitution that happened there, it, it, it gets you. Just listen to this. There next. was a step before that, I think, wasn't there? Hmm, what do you mean? <laughs> before we signed it? Like, what? There's something else that happened before it's the fu- abolition. It's funny that you mention it because it's the only, well, we could call it a major skirmish. Uh, that he failed to leave out of his historical timeline of us winning wars around the world, and that's the revolutionary one. The revolution. Mm. So would those be revolutionary Republicans? The guy rubbing the blood down his cheeks. <laughs> we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't talk about that enough anymore these days. We need to start talking about that more. These powder wig Republicans. Mm-hmm. Let's hear about, uh, well, how our entire listenership doesn't respect the Constitution either. Mm. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers, undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Good God. So it's ironic that he said rule of law Mm -hmm. a couple of times there because, uh, I mean, I feel like the rule of law was the last thing that you'd even want to even bring up. Like, you can keep saying it all you want, but... Nobody thinks that's a real thing. The rule of law for the Democrats is... They don't have one. Burn down buildings, Mm -hmm. uh, riot in the streets, steal, beat the shit out of people, get released from jail so you can do it again. Mostly peaceful democracy. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to mention the election. And really, the only thing that we want is to be able to trust trust the system. And we did play the... So Hillary Clinton quoting... Donald Trump was a Russian asset and therefore is an illegitimate president. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris testified on Capitol Hill and led a congressional inquiry into the uh, securedness of the Dominion voting systems. And we've played... It, about how secure it was or not secure? Not secure. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because Donald Trump won. And we've played montage after montage of congressional uh, seat holders on the left going after these machines and the integrity and safety and security of our elections since Gore v. Bush. Mm-hmm. And well, it's like any, any time 
you know, anytime you're, the game isn't going your way, you're going to be like, oh, it's fixed. But then when it goes your way, it's like, no, the other side thinks it's fixed. I mean, we're probably guilty of, on both sides of, of people thinking that, but when it comes down to, like, actual, like, evidentiary things that are happening, you can't ignore the no the fixedness of what what happened. Like, you can't tell me that we can't use this stuff because it's not safe. And then a year later, you guys are wrong for thinking this wasn't safe. How how does anybody wrap their brain around that unless it's a smooth, like, grape brain? We've all come to learn over the last week or so the true story behind the repression of the Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI had it since 2019. Senior agent who ran lead on it was escorted out of the office and fired last week. Yeah, and you don't get escorted out of the FBI if you're just like, oh, take the week off. Here's your cardboard box full of your fucking staplers and shit. Like, leave it, leave with pay. Like, no, you're, you're, they're, they're hanging that guy out to dry. The FBI and Department of Homeland Security approached Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey, amongst others, to have them essentially just shadow ban the story, if not completely wipe it from their platforms like Jack Dorsey did with the New York Post official site when they were the ones who broke it. And when you look at the actual time frame of how all that stuff happened, they fucking knew it was real. They fucking had it. Then they lied and said that it was fake. And then if anybody doesn't say that it's fake, we're going to hide that right before the election. Like, there's no fucking way you can look at that chronological order Time, time scale and just be like, this is fine. Take every single component of alleged voter fraud out of the equation. Historical fraud in the blue wall states, the stuff that always happens in Atlanta and Philadelphia, all the stuff that Mike Lindell's, uh, you know, worked on for the last two years, 2,000 mules, free-for-all mail-in ballot voting. What about all the digital stuff? Pennsylvania and Wisconsin changing their state constitutions before the elections unilaterally by their governors. Take all that stuff out and just insert the fact of the October surprise, which is the Hunter Biden laptop, in the same way the Hillary Clinton email server thing was. And you're telling me Donald Trump doesn't walk in that election. When you, all of the contents of the laptop, not just the Skittles on the penis and the red scarf and the Adidas shoes, and all the weird shit that Hunter Biden did. I'm talking like the funny money, the connections to China, the connections to the Ukraine, the connections to Russia. Uh, you know how Joe Biden was essentially like a human potato sack that Hunter Biden used to just make his family millions and millions of dollars. And they never talked about business together. Full on. Fucking false. Expose by the New York Post gets out there. A month before the election, you're telling me that doesn't change and take every single allegation of every other kind of voter fraud, even all the ones we've proven, out of the equation. 100% flips the election. Yeah. So, so it was close. It certainly was. And, and for Joe Biden to go out and, and to talk like that, especially after all the stuff, I mean, the level of projection and then just hatred for when we try to do it ourselves. But that's the thing. Like, like we're so pussified on this side. We, we can call it out to the end of the day, but if our elected officials aren't willing to act on it in the same way that Congress people who don't give a shit about anybody on the other side of the aisle do, all they care about is how big their bank account's getting um, and who they're friends with, uh, famous people and shit like that, it, it's going to stay the same exact way. 
he he would go on to you know parlay this into other fake stuff like Charlottesville and and, and political violence that happens when they literally let BLM and Antifa burn this country down for an entire year. Um, let's just check this clip out. And now, America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism. Obsess about the past. Or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. Mm. Mm. But together, together we can choose a different path. What's that path, Joe? Why don't you tell us about that path? Is it a bike path? No, can I ask you a question? Do you live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies? I feel like I don't. So we're going to talk about obsessing about the past. What are you referencing? Mm -hmm. Are you referencing the stolen election? I thought he's not referencing all of his achievements since he took office. I don't think that'd be a good idea. Not an election season. So obsess about the past, anger and chaos is what we want, right? No. Back to the rule of law thing. Anger and chaos is exactly what the left exhibits throughout everything when they don't get their way. It's like a petulant child kicking and screaming. Yes. And smashing the... And burning and killing. Smashing the Lego city. Mm. Like fucking mini Godzilla. Mm. Like it's... Yeah, burning the city down. Like chaos. When you think of the riots and everything that happened during the height of the summer of love chaos that's what that's what that was and they were okay with it they encouraged more of it they they i mean they literally said this this should go on all year embrace and empowered it yeah that's crazy i I mean it's 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 exactly what they say they're going to project what they're doing and this, this this is the biggest projection of all yeah, it certainly is because this is this is really you there's nothing really past this except extremely punitive dispositions. Yeah. And uh you know, to talk on that and to develop this front end of the uh speech to save the nation, I think we're going to have to call in uh, a big gun to discuss this with us. All right, we're going to bring in Mike Crispy right now. He's uh on the road out there working hard as always. Mike, can you hear us? What is going on, gentlemen? Hearing you loud and clear. Working hard to save the country. Sounds about right. Now, Mike, we, we, we just heard a couple of those uh, clips from Joe Biden. Uh, no respect to the Constitution. The nationalist populist MAGA movement is not normal. Donald Trump and his supporters embrace anger and harness violence. Mm. Um, I know you were dialed into the... Nazi-like speech that we were able to witness last night. Um, I call it B for Brandetta because that was the vibe I was getting. <laughs> That's good. But but do me a favor, Mike. We need some of your hottest takes on this uh, right off the cuff. Hot, hottest takes. Joe Biden said in that speech, he said that anybody who doubts the results of the election is a non-American. They're an un-American. Mm. And I posted this on Twitter. I said, wait a minute, Joe. 
you're meaning to tell me that anybody out there who has a question to the fact that you got 610,000 votes in Philadelphia County, Pennsylvania, but Barack Hussein Obama, the great black hope, got 550,000 votes in Philadelphia County, Pennsylvania. The fact that when you see that and you go, you didn't leave your basement, you didn't campaign, and there isn't a chance in hell on this planet that you inspired more inner city black votes than Barack Obama. It's unbelievable on its face. But this is what they do. This is this is textbook. And I hate the term fascist because the, the Democrats throw this term around and call Trump a fascist. Mm. But you know what fascists, real fascists do? They call their opponent exactly what they are. So it was a desperate, flailing, last-ditch attempt to contort public perception on what's going on. There's a reason why Biden gave that speech last night. There's a reason why the whole speech was about Trump, because they know that they're making moves against Trump. They're weaponizing our institutions like the FBI and the DOJ to create political propaganda points and photo ops and all this other bullshit. So as they do that, as the public sentiment is running high, instead of lowering the temperature or doing something that anybody who values the country would do, instead they pour gasoline on it because they believe right now they need to blow up the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that they're going to come through, not uniting the country, but by lighting it on fire, burning it through the ground and using force and then getting people to submit. It's what they did in COVID. It's what they've done since they've been in office. And unfortunately, last night was a very dark, dark, dark uh, turn uh, to what I think is the final chapter, guys. Mm. Yeah, we definitely are entering into the final chapter. I think this is uh, we're in the end game now. Mm. And uh, we might have got our clip for the end of the show as well. There you go. Thanks, Mike. But, um, you know, <laughs> we've got to 100% focus on the midterms moving forward. We have lost several of the highest caliber of quality contents, yourself included, uh, heading into these midterm elections. Other ones that are notables, Eric Wright and Anthony Sabatini, Carl Palladino, et cetera. Um, And, 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 you know, these polls that are coming out right now are all demoralizing. They're all, you know, bankrolled by the left, and they're all showing statistics that are virtually impossible. How can Joe Biden be polling in most reasonable polls somewhere between 35 and 37 percent popularity? But you have all of these candidates, uh, radical progressives like John Fetterman and, and, and et cetera, polling higher than that. They're doing like a reverse 2020 election where they said Donald Trump lost nationwide top of the ticket, but Joe Biden secured all the votes for all the Democrats all the way down the ticket the rest of the way. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where we really have to remain focused on this right now because we have to get everyone who's left on the chessboard over the finish line in November. Yeah, they they, they just led us to believe that the uh, animus towards President Trump was greater And so people voted against him at the top of the ticket, but voted for Republicans the rest of the way down ticket. That is such a flat lie. So they stole the election and then they call anybody who say that the election results uh, need to be uh, evaluated and audited and all that other stuff. They call them, you know, un-American domestic terrorists. And then they put millions of dollars of this dark money to bankroll. You talked about it. Republicans. And Democrats, but unfortunately, a lot of Republicans out there who take this money and they're taking that money in exchange for co-signing off 
on the country sliding back to an unrecognizable state. Yep. It was creepy last night. It was really creepy. And that was, I think, the most divisive dark speech we've ever heard a president give. And the scariest part about what Biden did last night was he was up there. But you know that none of those words were written by Joe Biden. Those no. words were written deliberately by somebody else. And this whole time we've been wondering who's running the country, who's doing this, who is this person referring to? Oh, the majority of the Republicans are good, but these MAGA Republicans, you know, those are the bad ones. So it, it just is amazing. I want to know who's writing the speech. Uh, we obviously know who's hopping Joe up on the drugs at Dr. Jill, of course. Mm. But who is who is writing these words? And why are they being so directly inflammatory? And I would love to know, oh, Joe Biden's at 40% of the poll. Who are those 40% of the people left, guys, that are feeling that? Because, you know, I don't even believe it. I think he probably has about 30-something percent support. And those are the inner city radicals. And the rest of the country would trade Trump back in a heartbeat. Uh, and I don't think that they voted against him the first time. So nope. really, really scary. But it was deliberate. And they did it, uh, again, the timing and everything like that was because we're currently at a, at a breaking point, a powder keg, a flashpoint, and he was intended to go out there last night and make it more hostile and crazy. Yeah, for all those walkaway Democrats and independents who are thinking about voting for America First Bad Candidates in the midterm elections, it was definitely directed at them to maybe think twice because we, we, we try to tell our listenership, Mike, you've done it for forever, but, but the fact of the matter is if we don't win both chambers uh, of Congress in this midterm election, they are coming harder than they've come in in the past two years. So, you know, it's one of those things where we really need to hunker down and focus and, and listen, maybe not support candidates who, who we, we don't necessarily want to support. It's purely a numbers game right now. And, and we've got to stack the chips a lot more finite in the Senate, but in regards to the house, we got to get as many of those candidates. over. we can't get 20 something, you know, uh, 220 something seats at the end of the day. We have to get that number uh, into the forties, closer to 50 and, and it's still attainable, but it's going to take a lot of work in the next two months. It's going to take a lot, and uh, I just think, again, this is like the public is more engaged in, in midterms now more than ever, and that's why you see Republicans spending more money in primaries to defeat the grassroots champion Republicans, the ones that you mentioned earlier. So it's like it's just it goes to show you they have no depth. Their pockets are, are, are limitlessly deep, uh, and, and as people like you know the Joe Kents of the world and the Sabatinis and the Greitens, as they harness all this grassroots enthusiasm and awareness, uh, you just see these dark actors paying millions of dollars to stop these people, Republicans. Why are they spending millions of dollars? It's not a drop in the bucket for anybody. What's the intent behind that, guys? It's scary. Um, but again, this is uh, this is how all of these regimes come to an end. It gets the darkest right before the dawn, they say. And uh, and that's what we're seeing right now. This is what we've seen in history with all these empires that crumble. At the end, they start to lash out and get desperate uh, and become overtly you know, just unhinged. And that's what we're seeing right now. The photo op, uh, Trump's house, you know, with the documents and they scattered all the top secret thing. It's just a mm. joke, just yeah. a joke. Like they, when they used to subvert, you know, American democracy, they kind of did it a little bit under a, 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 a guise under, under a cloud of secrecy. Right now they're just like, fuck it. Like, we're just going to show you how corrupt we are, scare you into submission. The media won't talk about it. And there's nothing you could do about it. Because if you say something, well, then we'll come swat you like they swatted Bannon today. Yep. So now it's a normal thing for Republicans to just get swatted. So now the the, the uh, law enforcement institutions, when they don't like somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene two times, now today Bannon. Well, what's with Republicans getting swatted all of a sudden every day? 
what the hell is going on? Yeah, like they don't know where they're going and, and pretty much know the fact that there's not mass murders happening in uh, these yeah. residences. I didn't, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it when they said Marjorie, like, you know, they said, oh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they said to her, oh, like somebody prank called or or whatever, you know, and all these other things. Like, I think something's behind that, right? Not just some random kid doing it. I think, you know, I think that it's a coordinated effort to make these people uncomfortable. And, you know, again, swatting Marjorie Taylor Greene, swatting Steve Bannon, you know, essentially, you know, uh, uh, you know, under siege, uh, Mar-a-Lago, yep. you know, they won't go to any depth. So, you know, it started with like Roger Stone a couple of years ago and sure. that was like a grievous. And now it's just gotten more and more prevalent on the other side. What, what, what prominent Democrats, Hillary Clinton been swatted in Chappaqua for her emails? No, sir. It's absurd. Oh, and you could make a thousand calls and they wouldn't swat Hillary. You'd be like, Hey, <laughs> you're so right. Hillary's you're got so a gun right. to my head right now. Like what? Really? Yeah, I get I get a lot of January six pipe bomber vibes off of these SWAT calls that are coming in, especially after I heard the the nine one one calls to Marjorie Taylor Greene's house. The first one was a normal person, uh, but the second one he used like the Darth Vader or Bane voice changer. Oh great! And uh, wanted wanted to talk about how uh, she's not supportive of trans rights. Well, that might have been the real voice then. So unreal! It's so unreal. But again, the government's always done these things. I mean, just look back in history. But the only difference now is that this is the first time that it's been overt, right? Mm-hmm. That it's been overt. So, guys, I, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, popping on for a couple minutes for the hot take. Uh, going to be at the rally tomorrow in Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm going to be at the rally uh, covering it. Uh, I'm actually going to be making a debut. Going to be covering it with Real America's Voice. That's breaking news. Going to be there with them. Stay exclusive, um, right so, there. So, going to cover that rally and uh, and report on what's going on with uh, Dr. Oz. I like it. And Noah's ready to press the stay exclusive button. And now, a stay exclusive. There we go. <laughs> Mike, listen, where can we find you across social media in addition to seeing your handsome face on Real America's Voice tomorrow? And when's the new show launching? Uh, new show is going to be coming out. Uh, we're going to be uh, starting the stream on Rumble. Um, you got to go to Rumble, pump in Mike Crippy, Unafraid. You'll see it there on Rumble. Uh, going to be on a LFA uh, on Rumble. Going to be streaming on that channel. Going to be streaming on Getter everywhere. Um, and then uh, obviously tomorrow we'll be uh, you know debuting, uh, doing some coverage with Rav. And there's more to come there. Uh, people can follow me, Mike Crispy NJ, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, Getter, Truth Social. You name it, I'm everywhere. We got a country to save, and uh, our greatest enemy against these quite literal demons is uh is free flow of information and that's how we fight back that's how you've been fighting back the whole time he's he's one of the biggest firebrands and and hardest working patriots out there and mike we'll be looking forward to having you back on the show soon thank you fellas always an honor all right one of our great friends mr mike crispy thanks for jumping in with us i love when mike comes on the show yeah can't really uh get a better feel for the pulse of our side of this fight we're in right now than and from the great Mike Crispy and really excited for his show to relaunch. Um, I know I will be, and when Noah's available, we'll be jumping in Mike's show at least once a week. Uh, he wants to do a segment worked into his show where we go in and talk strictly politics, hmm. not any of the other stuff that he's working on. That is a lot of show. Yeah, but, shows. But, I mean, it's only going to be like a 10-minute piece. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, sucky for me, easier for you. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, getting back to this now, we did, thank Godly, have a little bit of comedic humor in this. And uh, <laughs> it came in the form of, you'll never guess it, hecklers. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, because I, I tell you what, for someone who's been to Independence Hall several times in you know, the course of his life via field trip um, as a ute. You there, say ute? There are long alleys on the other side of the street in, in, in that portion of Philadelphia. And let me tell you something. The acoustics, marvelous. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, let's hear it and then uh, see if you could pick it up. And it's up to us. Democracy begins and will be preserved in we the people's habits of the heart, in our character, optimism that is tested yet endures, courage that digs deep when we need it, empathy that fuels democracy, the willingness to see each other not as enemies but as fellow Americans. Look, our democracy is imperfect. It always has been. Wow. Called the cops on them. Notwithstanding those nice. folks you hear on the other side there. Good job, Karen. They're entitled to be outrageous. Mm -hmm. This is a democracy. Uh, but history uh, and common sense. Let's, uh, let's ever, everybody's going to yell woo so we can't hear the guy yelling, let's go, Brandon. Good manners is nothing they've ever suffered from. But history and common sense tell us that opportunity, <laughs> liberty, and justice for all are most likely to come to pass in a democracy. Sure isn't. So, are you not allowed to yell in the street there? Not when it's Let's Go Brandon. <laughs> this guy cannot literally leave the house without. So he was heading. Without getting shit on or shitting on himself. From the airport to this event yesterday. And oh, wall-to-wall -wall cars on the way there, I'm sure. They showed the motorcade of all, dude, Trump flags everywhere, but the best one was a, they were at a stoplight. You know one of those flags that are, like, as big as a house? Mm -hmm. Somebody was running down the street with them, and it was the fuck Joe Biden flag, ah. and ran right past the motorcade as they were pulling How did that guy not get snipered? <sighs> Gotta love it. Like, like, how close to the motorcade? No, it was like they were at a stoplight, and he was on the sidewalk uh, on the and just running down the street and you see the cars like the light turns green and the front car and the second car and the third car goes. And this guy's like running with this huge tractor trailer size. Fuck Joe Biden flag. Like everywhere he goes, everywhere he goes. What if he would have like run like up and over the car? Most like votes, the hood. most votes in the history of the galaxy. That would have been a good way to get sent to the gulag mm. for forever until, you know, whatever. It's just, you can't make this shit up. You really can't. Like, how secure of a location does that have to be? And still, a couple people with megaphones can get within earshot and start dropping Let's did Go Brandon's. Do they even need megaphones? That's true. It's and then what? what is this going to... Um, what is this going to bring for the future, too? Like, are they just going to just have, like, a demilitarized zone, like, for... 20 blocks around every event so so nobody can make him look bad? To say the least. Now, you've heard one, two, three, four, five clips of him spouting some of the most divisive rhetoric ever from a president of the United States that wasn't talking about some leader who was trying to take over the world on the other side of the globe. He was directing this at around 75 million American citizens. However, in the same breath, he pivots and says some random shit like this. Let's hear it. Hmm. 
I believe America is big enough for all of us to succeed. And that is the nation we're building, a nation where no one is left behind. I ran for president because I believe we were in a battle for the soul of this nation. No, you didn't. Mm -mm. I still believe that to be true. I believe the soul is the breath, the life, and the essence of who we are. The soul is what makes us us. The soul of America is defined by the sacred proposition that all are created equal in the image of God that all are entitled to be treated with decency, dignity, and respect, that all deserve justice and a shot at lives of prosperity and consequence. I thought he was going to say in the back of the head. democracy, democracy must be defended, for democracy makes all these things possible. There it is. Folks. And it's up to us. Democracy begins and will be preserved. And he's back. And we, the people's habits of the heart, in our character, optimism that is tested yet endures, courage that digs deep when we need it, empathy that fuels democracy, the willingness to see each other not as enemies but as fellow Americans. Look, our democracy is imperfect. It always has been. <laughs> Like the, the cops are like chasing them around the block. You hear on the other side there. They're entitled to be outrageous. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I thought you were playing the same clip again by accident for a second. Oh, no, they were back. <laughs> and he would segue from there into, well, again, he talked about this whole narrative and what drives it. And we've kind of broke it down for you guys, but... For someone who's accomplished more than anybody in the history of everything since Jesus, we still can't get off of the 2020 presidential election. Not Donald Trump. This is Joe Biden. Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Mm -hmm. Winning and losing? Either they win. Wait, what? Or they were cheated. Oh, no. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. They don't understand There's what every two dozen patriotic America knows. You can't love your country only when you win. It's fundamental. No, I still love my country right now. I, I love it a lot. I actually love it more American than American democracy they do, only I think. works only if we choose to respect the rule of law and the institutions That's that were set up in this again. chamber behind me. Oh. Only if. We respect our legitimate political differences. Legitimate. I will not stand by and watch. I will not the will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. Wait, stolen? So, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Is he warming it up for when it gets overturned because they cheated? I don't, I don't get, I don't understand that comment. I don't think he understood it. He just keeps going back and forth between prompter one and prompter two. Yeah. Again, he didn't write this. Camera one. He doesn't feel this. Camera two. I'd like to know who's writing this motherfucker's speeches. Uh, I mean, this, this is like the well, 
I'm in the basement. And uh, polar opposite of Darren Beatty's hour movements. Got my pajamas. Yeah. And Big Mike. Uh, we're on a kayak trip. Okay. Yeah, you got was, a, uh, you've been doing a little kayak action, huh? <laughs> Good for you. Uh, That's the gist. It, it would continue on. I mean, we, we got about a little over 10 minutes of content there, but... It's just so insulting to hear them say the rule of law, like they have believe anything about it whatsoever. When they have political prisoners in isolated confinement for fucking months. Years. Years, yeah. Well, fuck, I timed it. <laughs> Jeez. It, it's just insane. It's insane for you to even have the audacity to say that and just be like, oh, rule of law, you know, the thing. Burn down the city. Let you go. Xi Jinping. Corn pop. Vladimir Putin and the mullahs. They, they, they watch that. and you, Our enemies are laughing at us. It's more than laughing. They're making moves. Um, just as we're talking now, I saw something come across Iran-related. I think it was into the new Iran deal. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they were re- rejecting it. And, and, you know, it's it's just one of those things where we, we have empowered. Ah, here we go. This is just breaking right now since I brought up Iran. Iran refuses any kind of inspection or safeguards regarding their nuclear program. The U.S. and Europe have previously thought this was already agreed to. Say it again. Iran refuses any kind of inspection or safeguards regarding their nuclear program. Okay. However, the U.S. and Europe had previously thought this was already agreed to. Current standing, no deal. So we're just going to let them do whatever they want? I mean, they've been doing it since day one. I know, but, I mean, when we talk about the reason why we're not using nuclear power is because they, oh, it's it's the, it's the devil and it's not safe, it's magic. Mm-hmm. It's like we have some of the strictest, most safe regulations on nuclear power imaginable. Like we have some of the, the strictest regulations on just about everything. Like we have so many regulations on stuff, it almost makes stuff not work properly. Well, it does make stuff not work properly when you talk about the power grid. <laughs> oh, that's true. And uh, Joe Biden signed some bullshit in like the last few minutes. Um, I don't even know what it's in regards to, and I'm not interested in it. I don't think any of our listenership is either. However, Peter Ducey was there for the signing. And uh, believe it or not, I can't even believe they rolled him out. Number one, on a Friday, it's currently... After 3 p.m. on the East Coast and uh, allowed reporters anywhere near him after that absolute disaster that was last night. But lo and behold, Peter hemmed him up. And uh, no, you're never going to believe after hearing those over 10 minutes of Satan, Hitler, well, Schittler. Schittler. I like that one. He, <laughs> Pedo Hitler, was trending on. Uh, True Social last night, Devin Nunes started it. <laughs> I believe out of the uh, 10 name nickname poll that he had, Pedo Hitler was, was up like close to 40%. But let's hear Peter Ducey ask him directly about this speaking event last night in Philadelphia at a signing event today in D.C. No, everyone, come on, look, guys. 
You keep trying to make that case. I don't consider any Anyone who calls for the use of violence fails to contend violence when it's used. Refuse to acknowledge that the election has been won. Insist upon changing the way in which the rule and count votes. That is a threat to democracy. Democracy. And everything we stand for, everything we stand for rests on the platform of democracy. When people voted for Donald Trump, support him now, they weren't voting for attacking the Capitol. They weren't voting for overruling the election. They were voting for a boss being put forward. So I am not talking about anything other than it is inappropriate and it's not only happening here, but other parts of the world where there's a failure to recognize and condemn violence whenever it's used for political purposes, failure to condemn the so we pivoted from yesterday telling pretty much all the Trump supporters that they are going to end us back to what is it? Violent domestic extremists, domestic violent extremists, yeah. DVEs. That's what it kind of sounds like, right? Yeah. How do we get there? Like, I don't even know. Like, do you think last night, like, the optics were so bad that they're like, you know what? That's just water under the bridge. They won't even remember it tomorrow. And guess what? Neither will you. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. Literally. Um, so let me give you some stats, Noah. Mm-hmm. Mentions in the speech. Ready? Yep. China, zero. Weird. Crime, zero. Inflation, zero. Fentanyl, zero. Rule of law. law. Fentanyl, zero. Border, zero. Charlottesville, one. Mm. January 6th, two. Insurrections, Uh three. Got him. Donald Trump, three. Extremism, seven. Got it. Violence, ten. Got it. The word MAGA, 13 times. Ooh. And Republicans, 16 times. Hashtag priorities. Yeah. Thanks to Big Head Charlie Kirk and his staff for collaborating that list for us. Um, yeah, who doesn't have a big head, but she's got a huge narrative. Um, and I love her. Molly Helmingway, uh, jumped on Fox news last night. She was part of a panel that first watched and then I guess digested this and she called it in decades. I think it's of all time. Let's hear her, uh, Thought process on this. Trump gave a speech at Mount Rushmore where he did condemn political violence and also praised mm-hmm. our country and spoke about the higher good that we all should aspire to. And the corporate media called that speech dark and divisive. Mm-hmm. This speech is easily the most disgraceful speech from a president in recent decades. It is horrifying how he is issuing a call to war mm-hmm. against every single American who didn't vote for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. They do really good work over at the Federalist. You'll never believe it, Noah. Shortly after this speech ended, um, it was embraced via panel by uh, some of our great friends over at Fake News CNN. Mm. They just saw another big fire there today. One of their top executives was let go. Um, 
I missed the name. I'm, I'm trying to scroll through Twitter while I'm looking for something at the same time. But, uh, yeah. So CNN loses another person, but before they, they did, they would go and uh, talk about how, well, equality and democracy, of course, are under assault. Oh, of course. When isn't it? You hear this talk about this being a political speech, and I don't think you could ignore any of the references to MAGA Republicans there. But for supporters of Joe Biden, for mm. some of the voters that you've been speaking to out on the trail there, Who? if you do believe that democracy, small d, not political democracy, but democracy is at stake, is this the type of defense that they've been wanting to hear? Absolutely, without a doubt. And something else that really stuck out to me is that he almost seemed to sort of be reclaiming patriotism. Often you hear Republicans <sighs> argue that they are the pro-America party, right? Fact. The Democrats are not patriotic enough. But That's what our was thing. more pro-USA than this speech? And I think this is exactly what, what the, his vo what Democratic voters wanted to hear. We honor the will of the people, right? Um, a nod mm -hmm. to our democracy, but also a nod to preserving reproductive rights. He is the president of all America. Um, you mentioned before too yeah, much. Yeah, that's how the what fucking presidency works. Stupid. Um, we are still at our core a democracy. I mean, mm. all of these things. It, it was a very, very patriotic speech, and I think that that is a lot of what uh, Democratic voters across the country they want. They want to be patriotic too. They want to be no, part of the Americans, the American story too. And I think he spoke to that. Still think they want to be part of Americans. Americans, yeah, part still, of Americans. Also, still. A constitutional republic last time I checked. So the same people that want to be part of Americans are the same people that threatened to move to Canada when Trump won the first time, but then didn't because their Canada probably wouldn't let him in. And burned it down over the course of the uh, summer of love. Now, let's circle back to the top of the piece. Tucker Carlson jokingly about how this was going to probably be a dumpster fire and a shit show, and it was. But uh, for all the wrong reasons, there was a lot of people going into this who thought it was going to be just another one of those Joe Biden, like, handshake air, you know, choke on his own spit and, and stumble and mumble through the whole kleptocracy thing. Uh, but it wasn't. He actually made it through pretty much unscathed. And um, Tucker was a little bit remorseful, but then got right back on point. Let's hear it. We made fun of it at the top of the show because we didn't really know how else to respond. But Joe Biden really has crossed over into a very dangerous, very dangerous place. Tonight, he declared in a speech in Philadelphia that anyone who disagrees with him is a threat to the country. Mm. Here's part of what Biden said. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic, that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. Mm. And that is a threat to this country. Yeah, they're a threat, says the guy with the blood-red Nazi background and Marines standing behind him. Mm. It's a complete outrage that this is being sanctioned as a White House event. In other words, that this is the approved position of our government. It's totally immoral. And then the guy who encouraged riots in 2020 yep. accused MAGA Republicans of somehow threatening the rule of law in the United States. Watch this. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. 
And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence. He misspelled back. That are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Scissor me, Tampers. This is truly nuts and threatening mm-hmm. to the future of the United States. It's hard to believe he just... That was a flawless garrison, by the way. <laughs> and just like that, we go from minding our own business, worrying about the midterms, to enemies of the state in less than a week. Which is the end, end goal. I mean, they want to just make it so they can use every overreaching government thing at their at their disposal. I mean, they're going to start using Patriot Act on people. They already have probably. Well, I mean, yeah, but... Yeah. I mean, like, More overtly. But they're going to be, like, patting themselves on the back and saying that they're doing it just yeah. because that's how fucking off the wall they're getting. We're also coming to learn from a huge investigation from senatorial candidate out of Missouri, Eric Schmidt, that the federal government has used 12 agencies and over 50 high-ranking officials in said agencies to continue to censor conservatives online and label anything that we put out as mis, dis, or mal-information. They're using agencies to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, so the agencies are suggesting to, for instance, Facebook, that this is Russian disinformation mm-hmm. again, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Oh, now this is just DVE, DVE. content, yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's not like uh, something a dictatorship would do in a third world country or has done in the past. I mean, minus the social media presence. Like, I mean, it's silencing the press, controlling the news. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, in Ukraine, how Zelensky made only the one uh, major news station, like their state-run propaganda now. I'm glad you mentioned that because Joe Biden today has asked Congress for $13.7 billion additional dollars because Ukraine is running out of money. Not my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly isn't. Doesn't affect me. Not going to affect me? Wouldn't affect me. But it's going to affect me if you do that. You know who was uh, affected by that Nazi-themed power speech last night? Former... Me? Trump official, one of the big three that lasted all four years, Stephen Miller, you know he was going to jump on any Fox show, and he did. He jumped on Boomer Sweat's Hannity, who was being guest hosted by Tammy Bruce yesterday, and uh, weighed in on this debacle. Let's hear him. When we, when we think about uh, this, the notion that you want to bring a country together, that's part of a president's job. Uh, and, and even the, the rhetoric at the beginning of the campaign about being a unifier, 
the Democrats were the dividers, even at that point. Trump was just trying to do his damn job. Uh, you know, and even with all of, you know, uh, the, the torpedoes coming at him, you know, we got the Abraham Accords, the best economy in the history of mankind, energy independence, uh, a wage gap shrinking, uh, unemployment at the lowest rate ever, it, with, dis, with all of that other stuff going on. So I found it disingenuous Breathe, when Sammy. they ran on, oh, we're, we need calmness, uh, like a batterer saying, if you just did as I would tell you, I would stop punching you in the nose. And we're supposed to be grateful. <laughs> so it's not necessarily surprising, is it, that the people that set that up, that it wasn't Trump at all, it was the Democrats, and now this is their true nature. Would you agree with that? Well, of course. President Trump poured out his heart, his soul, his spirit every day to build a better America for everyone in this country, a safer, more prosperous America. While Democrats in the deep, deep state launched an illegal operation to take him out that is now in its sixth year. President Biden tonight gave the speech of a dictator in the style of a dictator, in the visual of a dictator, using the words of a dictator. This was his enemies of the state speech. And so like every other radical Marxist tyrant, he accused his opponents of being fascist while he engages in repressive authoritarian behavior. He's the one who is forcing Americans against their will to take a vaccine. He is the one who has violated our Constitution to open our nation's borders. He is the one interfering in the sacred relationship between parent and child to try to force dangerous medicine, puberty blockers, hormones on our little kids. He's the one whose government raided the home of his chief political opponent in a fashion that violates the entire constitutional order because President Trump has the absolute right to decide what is or isn't in the national security interest when he leaves the White House. All of those things, all of them, are the behavior of a tyrant. And this speech, this speech is the moment that Biden crossed the Rubicon and he ceased to be, he ceased to be a man who could even pretend, can even claim that he has the interests of this country at heart. And he is truly and irrevocably now committed to splitting this country in two and beginning an era of division and an era of hatred that will wound our soul if it is not repaired for generations to come. Hmm. You really think this is something we're going to look back on and be like, this was... I mean, we've already played it. They're acting today like it didn't even happen. The what? The speech? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was like, well, I didn't, Trump supporters? Like, I like Trump supporters. It's, it's, the, it's the violent extremists I don't like. Mm. History is going to look back on this very critically. Mm -hmm. And on top of looking back on it very critically, whatever fucking weirdness that comes next, because I've said this a couple times. They, they're not going to be able to give up. They're not going to be able to give up the power that they've gotten now. And they're not going to want to relinquish their hold. So I'm frightened for what they're going to try next. Like what, I mean, they're just going to start going door, door to door and, you know, rolling up anybody that has like a, a thought crime of against the, uh, against the party line. Because well, it feels like that's where it's going. Opposing point of view just... Seems like right now, like, you could literally end up in jail. Like, it's a, that's literally, like, the dictatorship will take control of the elections, tell you who to vote for or vote for you, 
And then if you question the fairness of it, throw you in the jail. You'll be digging in the cobalt mines. You'll be digging in the January 6th mines. In our last audio clip of this Big News One segment, and we really needed to deconstruct the narrative and then build it up to where we're actually at current time. Um, Papa Steve, commander of the larger apparatus, War Room, came out with some pretty fire commentary in his cold open this morning. Let's hear it. It's uh, Friday, 2 September in the year of our Lord, 2022, the day after uh, a day that will live in presidential infamy uh, of Joe Biden and uh, what, trying to change the conversation dramatically along, around, away from the referendum on his illegitimate regime. Suck on this, Biden, and everybody around Biden. We're not going to back off one inch. You are illegitimate. We're going to defeat you in a crushing defeat at the polls. You're not going to be able to change the conversation. You can run around and try to change the conversation. You can sit up there like something that's never been seen before. That photo, that speech, that moment will live in infamy. It will live in infamy. No American president, no even senior elected official in this nation's history has ever given an address like that. And we are not going to back down one inch because we are winning and we're going to deliver a crushing blow. It is now quite evident. We have a moral obligation. We have a moral obligation to every patriot, every patriot's grave from the revolution down to the 13 honored dead that Biden had slaughtered in Kabul airport at Abbey Gate to win a crushing defeat, to put your shoulder to the wheel to make sure this individual is impeached and removed from office he's let me repeat this he's illegitimate and in their panic to try to sell their illegitimacy we're all about democracy because we have two-thirds of the nation and we're going to bring it and we're going to bring it big we're going to bring it big hard and loud on 8 november you're going to get crushed at the polls with a MAGA ticket and then we're going to investigate your entire family, everything you've done in your administration, the invasion of the southern border, all your corruption in Ukraine, your perverted son, and all the money you took from the Chinese Communist Party, and we are going to move to impeach you. We will impeach you, and we are going to remove you from office. The battle lines are drawn. There, there's, there's no compromise here. One side's going to win, and one side's going to lose. Very simple. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope that, you know, for his bigger reach and influence that Steve has, that he really does hammer down on these midterm elections in these next two months. I mean, I know there's a lot of things that he's passionate about, the economy, ending the Fed, transhumanism, uh, you know, the school board stuff, definitely the COVID. He had Dr. Malone and, and, and a couple other of the big bangers on there today. And we appreciate all that stuff. And, like, just the awareness level alone, you can unparalleled the amount of information that 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 show gets out however um although at times it may be boring and a little repetitive we really need to force feed our listenerships uh this information misinformation no real information no but this is misinformation how dare you oh no um you know between now and november 
Uh, I saw Blake ran through the show this morning. So did Carrie Lake. I was actually messaging with Carrie today, and uh, I asked her to come on, and she said, if you would have asked me yesterday, I'd say yes, but we're literally hanging up the phone with Steve and hitting the road. Mm. How convenient. <laughs> we should trick somebody into doing a three-way call with us and more room. How funny would that be? That'd be great. <laughs> Just add us to the Zoom. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, but but in all, in all seriousness, this, this is something that will live – in, 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 you know, historically in presidential infamy, I, I can only suppose the optics were something out of a nightmare. Um, well, you know, the, the thing with this is history is only as good as the people who write it. Mm-hmm. And these, I mean, these people are just thinking like, we're, we're going to be in power. We're not going to relinquish power. So we're always going to be the ones writing the history and changing it. Yeah, no, uh, you're, that's completely true. And uh, I, I was remembering last night I was talking with one of the accounts we frequent on Instagram, the Statesman 76, one of the oldies but goodies, and, and always has a hard-hitting narrative. Um, tell me what you think about this, Noah. The situation we're in is far worse than 1776. We have tens of millions of invaders to the south, an entirely fraudulent government imposing now at gunpoint a thousand times the taxes charged to the 13 colonies. Catastrophic economic collapse is looming. Political prisoners laundering, sex trafficking, poisoning, psyops, white guilt, child sacrifice, degeneracy. We are at war, and the vast majority of the able-bodied men are getting ready for the fantasy football season. Yeah. We have to make sacrifices more than we've ever made before. We talked about this. Listen, it's going to be like this. Obviously, and worse, between now and 2026. Oh, for sure. And, and once Donald Trump makes it official, oh, Lord. But that, but that really is the point of all those things, is mm-hmm. to distract people. It's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who was saying that last with us? Mike, Bread and Circuses? Uh, yeah, Bread and Circus. It's James. Or James. Yeah, it was James. Uh, Sorry. We the People Radio, great show. If you, don't, uh, if you haven't listened, get out there and subscribe to them. We the People Radio. It's a good program. So... It's just distraction after distraction and, you know, people that don't want to be bothered and don't want to feel bad about what's going on. Like, they're just going to go delve into this mind-numbing distraction and just, I'm just going to let let everything be how it is and I'm just not going to worry about it. Which, I mean, that's fine, but that's a temporary thing. And they literally... You have to come back. Yeah. They're literally rubbing it in our face. Discovery Channel, History Channel has a show out, which is like a docudrama of just that, the origins of, like, the Coliseum and stuff like that. Yeah. And some of the biggest documented gladiators that had gone through there. I guess my point was punch out, but there's a lot of people that aren't punching back in. They're just going to the next thing, and that's the thing. There's so many things now. Yeah. There's You can go directly from football to being engrossed in your cell phone screen on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, getting enraged and emotionally attached to whatever the the new thing is and then summer and i'm gonna go out and then it's the christmas i want to go to disneyland and you know you have to stay connected it is exhausting don't think so ask the first host of steak for breakfast Mm. you know uh, he got completely burnt on this and just couldn't do it anymore uh even with all the good work that we've done on this show for so many years it was just mentally exhausting to the point that it was like negatively affecting his life. 
He just said, you want to know what? I need to switch gears. So here we are up to our ears in it and doing the Lord's work. Um, I'd like to say that we're going to switch gears, but actually we're going to downshift right now and jump in with one of our great friends. All right, jumping in the show first with us today is Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast. He's uh, well, one of our great friends. He's done a lot. He's been the executive producer of Steve Bannon's War Room. He's worked up on Capitol Hill with Congressman Matt Gates. Most recently, he's worked on the congressional campaign for Carl Palladino up in New York 23. He's also well, MAGA's most interesting extremist. Mr. Vishburr, thanks for coming back on the show. What's up, Ron? What's up, guys? Glad to be back. Glad to be back. I miss you. We miss miss you. you. We're glad you're a little less busy right now, uh, so you can come <laughs> hang out with us. How's everything going on your end? It's been good. You know, it's always a, a learning experience. I was on the uh, Carl Palladino campaign, and, you know, unfortunately we lost, and there's a lot of lessons up there uh, to be learned. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, kind of, it's always tough, but uh, I'm sure you guys will see me back uh, doing my thing somewhere soon. So without even uh, spoiler or alerting it, there are some things in the work. You've always got stuff going on, huh? Of course, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I got, I got, a, I got a couple of opportunities that I'm that I'm talking about while I'm here in New York for the next uh, couple of weeks. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm always full of surprises. Yeah, yeah. It's always like, uh, you know, we'll just we won't hear from you for a couple of days, and then you get a text message and be like, "Hey, I'm doing this now," and it's like some big huge thing and you're like no big deal but you know if you want to have me come on the show and talk about it i'd love to do that and I'll be like, of course those are our favorite conversations uh not favorite conversation that we're having today though is the oh my god joe biden what the hell is going on moment that we all witnessed <laughs> last night and uh i've never seen anything before like it in my life we always reference things that happened you know in in days of of past where it's black and white, it's grainy, there's subtitles, and this was pretty much, well, B for Brandetta, mm. literally. And uh, it was it was pretty alarming, to say the least. I uh, mean, if, if Kamala was up there, it would have just been 1980 whore. There you go. <laughs> Ooh, and we're there. Zing. But, uh, Vish, I, I, I know you watched it, and... Uh, you know, going through the, the kaleidoscope of emotions that we're all feeling the day after, I mean, it's pretty alarming, to say the least, to see that this is where this country has gone to. I mean, is it alarming? That's the thing. Like, you know, that that's really what I wanted to get into. You know, the regime has been brazen for a long time already. They st- the, l- Lest we not forget, they stole a whole ass election in 2020. Okay. <laughs> And right, and they 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 censored the the Hunter Biden laptop story with massive. Now we know that the FBI was involved in that, right? And that they sent a notice to Facebook saying, "Hey, you know, we were expecting some kind of dump. If you see it, you know, try to throttle the the distribution on that." And all this is this is the regime sticking its fingers in. In, in the will of the people, basically, and trying to manipulate it and even defy some parts of it to get what they want. They've been brazen for a while. Now that they feel the heat of the midterms and they, you know, the, we've seen the momentum swing, basically. I mean, that's legitimate. The momentum has swung from, you know, what we thought was going to be a, a huge red wave to, you know, if we may be lucky if we have a similar majority as to what Pelosi has in the house right now. And so, so 
you know, with that pressure up against them where they're trying to keep control of the house and they also see a path where they can take over the Senate. Now you're seeing the monster really come out and centralize into one image, right? Like they, they are, the administration is talking through Joe Biden. Joe Biden didn't write that speech, right? Joe Biden, it's not, those are not Joe Biden's ideas that he went up there spouting last night. Those are the ideas of the administration, right? And they have singled out MAGA Republicans as extremists. And they went out there that that speech was about, you know, now, they are talking high-minded stuff like, you know, we always want to talk about how, oh, you know, it's, it's really about inflation. It's about the economy. And you know, it's about look at the gamble that, that the Democrats are taking, that they're going after high-minded ideas like like equality and democracy. In the speech, they, he says that they are the true heirs of the American experiment. Yep. And that the MAGA Republicans are not. Do you understand? You see what the the you can tell their plan by the language that they're trying to take back. They're basically saying MAGA Americans are not real Americans. These are extremists. These are these MAGA you know, and they're they're singling people out. And then they're also saying you know if the MAGA folks are fascists. You know, there's a lot of good Republicans out there, and we want to work with those good Republicans. We want you guys on our side. It's a psyop. Look at how look at how Democrats are willing to defend, obfuscate, even stand up for the extremists on on their sides, and then look how easily and quickly our side will fold and allow our strongest and most vocal and most effective fighters be canceled by the regime or kneecapped by the regime or even help them. Right. I mean, two favorites of, I mean, two favorites of this show, Carl Palladino, Anthony Sabatini, both get kicked in the dick by a super PAC up in New York and down in Florida. That's getting millions of dollars of swamp money. You know, I do not be surprised when you hear that these folks were either Kevin Mo- directly, you know, sanctioned by Kevin McCarthy to do to go in and interfere, or that there were some quote quote unquote moderate GOP donors who didn't like guys like Sabatini or guys like Carl coming to DC and and actually serving out the MAGA agenda. Right. This 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 is all connected. Okay, the, the 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 project is to get the MAGA Republicans or the America First Republicans who don't buy into the 100% Republican think tank agenda and the globalist agenda that the Uniparty in DC has bought into the the philosophy of managed decline, where we're going to decline America so that the rest of the world can raise up. This is the, you know, whether you're a Republican or Democrat in DC in these elite circles, that is the fashionable thinking. And you are seeing now through Joe Biden that imagery, that aesthetic of strength that they are going to go head on against America first with strength. And they're not going to apologize for a damn thing in their pursuit of that. They will steal elections. 
to get the two uh, to to see their agenda through. They will hide evidence. They will investigate people without any cause. They will go raiding their political opponents. They but this this they are ready to do everything. And my question is always, what are we ready to do? You know, I we've spent. Just think about it like this. The MAGA base or whatever, especially the heavily internet present online base, has spent years waging mimetic war on, you know, in every space of content that we can get our hands on, right? And the establishment, the, the media ether, everybody ignored us, including the GOP professionals who run these campaigns and run, you know, all the operations of our government stuff and our, our political stuff, right? We, we, the MAGA base makes one, uh, makes one meme called dark Brandon. We made that. Yeah. And they go and make it their entire aesthetic last night. <laughs> no, right. I, it, it, the, 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 do you understand? Like they go, the, the strongest imagery available for, goofball you know gerber food biden was provided by us and they've taken it they've taken the image of strength and are using it against us where is our image of strength why don't we do that why is it that we're always pussing out right and we got you know giant pussies like kevin mccarthy in charge of our in charge of our agenda giant pussies like mitch mcconnell in charge of our agenda and to that end donald trump doesn't really help boost our fighters. He doesn't, right? He's, but he's, you know, he, whether we, his, what he's done for, for nationalism, for the movement is you can't take that away from him, but he's still a player in the game right now. And we have to ask what are the moves he's making right now? And he's not out there building up the people who will really serve the agenda. He's out there, you know, as soon as something is presented to him, to the left he looks, there's a McCarthy guy in his ear, in his ear saying, do this. There's a McConnell, and to his right, there's a McConnell guy in his ear saying, do this. And what everything he has built, he's been captured by the establishment to now sabotage everything he's built. And so, you know, the message here is we are on our own. So you, we better start fighting like hell or we are going to be left in the dust. Nobody's coming to save us. Get moving, get cracking. Cause they are, look, they are, that was a choice to go put them behind a blood red mm-hmm. or in front of a blood red backdrop. That was all a choice. The, the two guys standing there, you know, in the dark, in the dark with the, you could tell that they are military type people like law enforcement people. There is a, there is a message they are sending. We are, fucking coming you know that's that's what they're saying what and what is our response has anyone seen like a real unified response to this no from 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 the establishment for from anybody you know what i mean like somebody who's going to take the time out to dissect the big ideas that now biden is brave or the democrats and the establishment in dc is brave enough to run on quality and democracy, and we are the heirs to the, to the American experiment. Is there anybody brave enough right now to stand up and say, you're full of shit, this is what we are about. America's about the American spirit of revolution. Hold on. There was a, 
he he says, uh, you know, the fires of liberty that have, you know, that's in every American, you know, that has stood through. He starts the timeline of America through abolition. He doesn't talk about he doesn't even mention the American Revolution. Nope. He says abolition. He says civil war. He's World War One. He says everything else except the American Revolution. That is what they want you to forget, that the spirit of America is about fighting against tyrants. And last night you saw a tyrant on mm-hmm. stage, an illegitimate one. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah, That's, this is this is what you know. This is kind of what frustrates me. No, and so it, it, you know it, we got to get moving. It's what keeps people in the movement up at night. You said a lot of things that resonated there. I want to go back over a couple of them. I'm I'm going to say it again, and I, and I've said it for a couple of weeks now. Anthony Sabatini, Carl Paladino in the House, Eric Greitens in the U.S. Senate. Those candidates will remain unchanged as the biggest L's of the 2022 midterm election cycle. Three firebrands who were. To the right of Donald Trump's policies that were going to just go and, and, and cause a ruckus in the Senate next year and in the House of Representatives. And, you know, losing them in these races is just something we're not going to be able to make that up. We have to win what we're going to win now, what's left on the chessboard. But with those three making it to the general elections, it would have been uh, a lot more of, a, of an opportunity for us to get people in there who are actually going to do work. Um, I also saw that. Uh, you know, you mentioned the raid and all this other stuff. We're finding out now. The DOJ released the full inventory of all the stuff that was taken from Mar-a-Lago. Lots of magazines, articles, empty boxes. Long story short, it looks like they were looking to cover their own asses and get as much of the Crossfire Hurricane Russiagate investigation, uh, which is where all the roads, uh, you know, going against Donald Trump right now. The thing that they were never able to nail him on was their creative narrative that they keep trying to hit him with. Uh, it, it seems like that's going to be uh, what this was all about, an intimidation move. And then when you talk about the, the status of, of the replies, you know, Kevin McCarthy's milk toast pre-response yesterday before the Biden speech was appalling because at the end of the day he spoke for like six minutes and said he demanded apologies for being called semi-fascists, which is just lines up ideologically with right where Kevin McCarthy is. Nothing that ever happens will ever affect him, and he really doesn't care at the end of the day as long as he's still in charge. Same thing goes for Mitch McConnell. I did like yesterday morning, though, uh, Senator Rick Scott down in Florida dropped that op-ed in uh, Newsweek calling out Mitch McConnell, basically saying it's not your job to go out and go over the candidates that have won their primaries and have moved on to the general election to say they're like, not preferable to you. Like, shut the fuck up and do your job. Your job is to get them elected on November 8th, so make sure you get your old ass out there and do it or somebody else is going to get out of the way, essentially, is what he said. And I do think if we do win back the power in the Senate, uh, that is going to be the biggest pushback for leadership right there. I know Donald Trump likes Rick Scott a little bit more than he does Mitch McConnell, and he also likes that, you know, like 10-point plan for making America great again that Rick Scott's got. Plus, he's the only one with a national apparatus set up that's going to uh, get out ahead of that and and be able to push against Mitch McConnell's money because Rick Scott eventually wants to run for president. So, you know, but as far as, like, I mean, you called it. Just just the overall vibe of pussiness on the side. It's sad when, when our strongest and most powerful voices come from, like, anonymous people online in the form of memes. 
Um, you know, in the form of ghost op-eds and uh, people who will not take it further than going on a podcast and really sounding great. They won't go out and get their, their hands dirty like people like you have, Vish. You know, you've worked on Capitol Hill in several congressional campaigns. You've executive produced, you know, one of the most popular podcasts in the history of podcasting. And, and you've done so many other things within this movement that people will never know. You know, you went out and, and stumped for people on the campaign trail uh, whose campaigns you weren't directly connected with because that's what everyone needs to do and and it seems like right now we're, we're, we're forgetting a large component of that and last night was basically a teaser preview of saying like you think it's bad now we just trashed the economy we just opened the border we just made your kids decades dumber from closing the schools for two years we just got a whole bunch of you fired for vaccines if you don't win the senate and the house back uh and we still have more than like two-thirds power of the government can't wait to see what we're in store for, uh, you know, come next January, because it's going to be a whole hell of a lot worse. There'll be no oversight or referendum on the FBI and DOJ. There'll be no impeachments, uh, which, you know, Joe Biden is 100 percent solidified in impeachment. If we win back both chambers, I think Merrick Garland and uh, Alejandro Mayorkas are are two and three right behind him. Um, but none of that stuff's going to happen, and it's going to be a whole hell of a lot worse than it was, you know, just just via what he said on that speech yesterday. I mean, look, you, you know, for us to even expect, like, some, someone was going to jail over any of the Biden stuff or, you know, expecting Biden to be impeached and, and Garland and Mayorkas and, you know, expecting it. This was already an uphill battle. You know what yeah. I mean? This was already like, you know, we, we can if we got the right people in and we really pushed as that as that's the end point, like people need to go to jail. You know that maybe we would have got it. Yeah. But you know what's definitely going to happen? The, the Biden regime is coming for you, bro. They're coming. They're not even they're making zero bones about it. They, they've called you out. If you. Do not toe the line of the Republican that they accept or the basically the policies that they are pushing themselves as Democrats or leftists or whatever. They are coming for you. I mean, just look at the way that that uh, there was the the um, Second Amendment ruling. Uh, I think Brune that happened recently. Yep. And New York went, you know, got in a tizzy and went and passed through special session. You know, there's the um, new uh, gun restriction laws that statewide and it says, you know, you can't carry a gun in church. You can't carry a gun in Times Square and all this stuff. Hold on. In that just to apply for the license to be considered, you know, uh, for to get that license, you have to submit three years worth of records of your social media. And um, Eric Adams goes on TV. I think it was yesterday. And he says. You know, if you're shown to be like hateful or shown to have signal, you know, signals of extremism, right? We will not we, we will not grant you the 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 right to carry a weapon or yep. carry a, a firearm to defend yourself. Just to, everything is lining up. You are now the extremist. Well, they can't have the good guy with the gun keep doing the good guy with the gun stuff. So the good we, guy we eliminate with the gun that. Is who they say they who they say the good guy with the gun is. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the government. The government is the good guy. Right. The regime is the good guy. This is the problem. Right. And and we're not we don't do enough to fight back against it. Just look. And, and, and let's let, let's all think about it for a second. Why? 
you know, the red wave is kind of diminished, right? It's now we're trying to fight for 10 to 20 seat majority actually now. Uh, how did we get here? The Roe versus Wade ruling has, you know, basically activated, you know, so there's so many um, single white women and single women across all America, all of America who are just incensed that this has been overturned are now getting up and going out to vote to turn the, to turn it back to you know get legislation that'll codify Roe versus Wade uh-huh. right that it's activated them what are we doing in, in you know we just got one of the biggest wins on our side for you know in over 50 years right and what was our response to that our response to that was oh well you know actually uh, we're all like humming and hawing about you know our each of our individual positions on what abo- you know what, what we what we think is allowed as abortion. No, 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 no. We should have marched forward. We should have told them the next thing that we're going to get them get overturned. Clarence Thomas did it. He did it. He went and said, not only is this you know are we flipping this, but uh, Obergefell and all this other stuff. We're going to we're you know that that's all on the chopping block too. If this yep. goes. We should have we should have told them the new territory that we're going after, and let them focus on that. And instead, we're now receding back into, you know, territory we've already won. Yeah. Look at you know, and that, that this is we're not we do nothing to energize our side, right? We win the ideas battle, but we lose elections, right? And so like and 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 then we lose the country, you know, in, in that process. We need we need to get more involved in not just, you know, maintaining what we have and maintaining the position that we have, but we have to always move forward, conquer new territory. We didn't do that. Rover, for some reason, the Rover decision turned into, you know, everybody kind of receding and being like, oh, I'm now I'm kind of scared to, you know, say that I, you know, in most cases, I don't believe, uh, uh, abortion should be legal. Right. Uh, when people talk about rape, incest, and, and, and medical issues, that doesn't amount for more than 10% of all abortions. I'm talking about the 90% of abortions out, out there that happen for frivolous reasons. Right. I don't think, I don't think that should, that should be allowed. Right. And so like, we, we don't even, we, no, I don't understand why, why our, our side has such a problem defending life. Right. And, and has such a problem defending life with vigor, right. With energy. We, we don't defend a goddamn thing with energy. Forget fighting forward, right? Dark Brandon goes on stage, <laughs> literally channels Hitler energy, yep. right? And what do we have in response? What do we have in response? I mean, the, you know, and they, the Donald Trump is busy trying to defend his, his uh, uh, endorsement record. You know, this is, it, it does not bode well. Look, you know, the good thing is the talent on our side is amazing. Mm-hmm. The commitment that we have the truth on our side, we have science on our side, right? We, we have great things on our side, but we are really being kneecapped by the regime and by the leaders on our side right now. And we, that is a problem that needs to be addressed ASAP because you think it's bad. You know, the fight that we're going through right now, for the House and the Senate in 2022, what do you think the fight's going to be like for the presidency and everything else in 2024? Mm. Well, you make an excellent point there. 
and, and you know, circling back to our congressional uh, officials who have done very little to stand up to this regime, you know, in an official context, when at the same time you have people like yourself, like Steve Bannon, former administration officials, Peter Navarro, uh, you know, Cash Patel, Rick Grinnell, Devin Nunes, who have all come under, uh, you know, attacks from the federal government in, in, in response to this, where, you know, maybe our, our Congress people just don't have the spine right now to stick up for this stuff. You know, it's going to be really interesting. Donald Trump's going to be speaking Saturday night in one of Joe Biden's hometowns, Scranton, PA, and which will be his first rally since his home was raided. You parlay that into the speech was that, that was last night. You're expecting a lot of new material, but what does it do for the base right now, for the people who are actually in office already to get out there and go and do the work that needs to be done to get these candidates over the line in November? I think that's what it... it, it the sole focus can only be the midterms. There's a lot of great stuff going on, you know, school boards and fighting back against COVID and, and every, you know, all these other things that are going on that I, I see people do a lot of stuff with. Even the economy, you just kind of, kind of, you know, bite the wooden spoon and, and put your head down and walk through it for the next two and a half months because the only thing that matters is who shows up on Election Day. Vish, we saw uh, up in Alaska this week, I, I wrote an op-ed about it and, and released it on Wednesday, uh, the, the real choice voting. Uh, it's basically like a new safeguard. It's on the ballot in, I think, 27 cities and six states right now. Uh, and, and what they basically do is instead of having a general or a primary season where you would get even in jungle primary, like two people at the end up against each other, you now have as many as four in Alaska. What happened in that special election for the House seat? Uh, you had three Republicans versus one Democrat. The three Republicans totaled for almost 62% of the total vote. Sarah Palin was in first place on the Republican side, but the Democrat who got 38% of the vote won the House seat in the special election, and she will sit in that seat that's been held by a Republican since, well, for 40 years now, when you know that Dong Young had, and uh, she'll have to go and try it again. And essentially, what the thing is, they figured out a way to get things on the ballot, like real choice voting, where they can put a system in place where you could be the most popular person in the history of your congressional district, but if there's two people behind you that refuse to drop out of the race and, and, and unify the ticket, you're going to lose to someone who gets a third of the votes in the general election. And, and I, I see this as a huge pushback for all of these seats that are going to be challenged in 2024 because there are a lot of them, including in the Senate. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump's not going to be only looking to fill those ones as a kingmaker, but he's also going to be going over Joe Manchin's and, and Kristen Cinemas as well. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can't even comprehend after what we saw uh, you know, Sarah Palin has to win that seat in Alaska and she has to win it in November. And we need Donald Trump and people who are in Congress right now to get out there and tell, you know, that that second place guy, Nick Begich, he's got to take a hike and get off of there. But these are just some of the things that are going on right now. One of the hottest takes I wanted to get from you, though, what are some seats, Senate, House, that you know we have to win come November? Fetterman and Oz, man. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks, but that's one we gotta win. And he, Oz sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I mean, he look. Even if he pulls out the win and he ends up in the Senate, and you know he hears this clip of me saying how much he sucks, I don't care because you know if you have a golden opportunity, man, you walk in, you got the Trump endorsement, you win your primary. I mean, you know, the guy should be all over the state. Well, I mean, you know, jogging to every campaign stop. You saw his stupid commercial, right? Yep. Uh, it, 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 he all about his energy, and, was, and the question is always, "Where's Oz?" 
This is the problem, right? The you know every, the, we and Fetterman, you know, you like him or not, he sounds goofy and all that. That guy, I you know, I'm from you know this area of the country, and I I've been to Pennsylvania. I have a lot of family out in Pennsylvania. I know a ton of people from there. Fetterman feels Pennsylvania. Mm. You know, for as much as you don't, you know, we may not like him, and and he's kind of an idiot and whatever he lived off mommy and daddy. And, you know, he's totally insane and believes insane things. That, that guy feels way more Pennsylvania than Oz. And so Oz has a lot of work to do. And to, if you want to win the Senate, a statewide race, the guy should be everywhere. And I don't see that. And that's a huge problem. And, you know, right now we're at 50, 50 Senate. If we're at 52, I mean, we're in for serious problems. You know, and and Fetterman is one of them that we just we have to win. Uh, I mean, the you know the Oz Fetterman one on the on the House level. Now we, I mean, you know, Sabatini is down, right? But we got to get behind Corey Mills, man. Mm. You know, I mean, that's still a flip, and we need to flip it. I don't care if it's Florida, for you know, for all the oh, Florida's free and you know that's. It's red, but it's not as red as you think, and it's not, like, red the way we want it to be red. Right. right. It's more of a Georgia-Pennsylvania when it comes to that. It's just that in the last couple of election cycles, we've seen a little bit more voter turnout, a lot more voter registration. But when it comes down to Election Day and the general elections, it still leans red, not safe red yet. Right, exactly. And, and then Texas is trending blue. You know, I mean, look, there's we've got a lot of problems. We do. And, you know, we and, and, and the these all of our solutions, everything that gets funding, all of our solutions that get funding is all short sighted, yep. short term. You know, we're going to win this seat now. We're not going to plan for anything, you know, about how we're going to conquer a whole space or state 10 years from now. Right. Because the, that, the guy in charge of that decision might not even be there in the next two years. So what he doesn't think that far, right? This is, you know, we have such systemic problems in terms of our political process and the infrastructure and organizational structure of change and influence that we have right now. I mean, you know, we we just got to do more or people are going to have to start really working on building their own. When we say, you know, what is grassroots? What is grassroots organizing and grassroots power? A lot of it actually has to do with professionalizing that energy. Yes. And, you know what I mean? And it's, yes, we get it. You know, we're all just normal people. And, you know, I wear my, my hunting vest to the, you know, politics meeting and, you know, because I'm not stuffy shirted, like, you know, the got professional politics guy who has been doing this for 20 years, but you know, I, I understand the mentality, but that doesn't mean you don't use the tools that, you know, make the professional operation a professional operation, right? And to professionalize that energy, to organize that energy that's so obviously available in the grassroots, but it's not channeled properly to the end point. That's our problem. And we just, I, you know, I, I'm... Um, it's kind of, it's frustrating to be to be quite honest with you that that um, we have so much energy and potential uh, and it's just not being honed and groomed properly. No, I mean 
that's it right there. I, I, I think the biggest thing we've done, we've pinned ourselves into a corner to where now the federal government doesn't work for even our elected officials anymore. And they, they, they pretty much showed you last night that connection between the best parts of the establishment and the grassroots that's like the cream of the crop that's all the way to the top that's ready to like bridge that gap right there. They, they basically said it in that speech last night. Um, you know, if you continue to identify as this, we will literally destroy you. I mean, that that's pretty much... That's insanity. That, that's pretty much what he said. And, and, and I think, it. you know, the yeah. people in the establishment, like the Jim Jordans, the yeah, Jim Banks... The yeah, the, the, those fighters yeah. right there, I think there's, the a, there's a little bit of reluctancy there for them to reach out and bring those grassroots people in because it's like... You know, look what they did to Fetterman's campaign over the weekend. They identified that, well, first of all, John Fetterman, as the mayor of his town, stumped and voted for people who committed heinous crimes, like multiple murders to get out of jail for good behavior and got a lot of them out of jail. Just so happens now, two of them work on his campaign. And the Oz campaign figured that out and they put it all over social media. But that's like the stuff that they do to us, like on a daily basis. Like that's one good for us. Good. You actually call the piece of shit being a piece of shit. But I mean, they do it in every context and every facet of your life. And now I, I'm just reading this thing that's coming across the wires today. Eric Schmidt, who beat Eric Greitens in Missouri, uh, the attorney general there who's running for that Senate seat and most likely will win is putting out this comprehensive report. It's over a year and a half of study that shows over 50 federal employees across 12 federal agencies collabed with big tech to repress everything from the stolen election to Hunter Biden's laptop and more. And, and have bent the narratives on social medias for like the last two years. And this is essentially where we're at. It's absolutely bananas. I mean, dude, the, you know, I, I think there was an episode of Firebrand that we did where I was interviewed um, I think it was the first interview with Gates where he interviewed me as a guest on the show. Um, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not accusing the media and big tech and all these people of being on the phone with each other and coordinating every little attack or every little response or every little shitty thing that they do. You know, now I go and look, look at that. I might have to take those words back, right? Like, oh my God, they are straight up like there is a group chat somewhere where they're doing this at, right? Like that's, this is, you know, the, it's, it's that centralized and they are, they, but see, you got to give them credit. They know who their enemy is. They're willing to do what's necessary to take us out. Yeah. Right. And, and what are we willing to do? What are we willing to get behind? What are we willing to support? What are, again, what are we willing to do now? You know, Bannon this morning says, you know, we have not even begun to fight yet. Mm. And I think he's right. Yeah. Right. But you know, in, enough, enough with the, with the, with the patty cake, you know, uh, enough with the kitty gloves. I mean, if they want to go dark Brandon, we need to go dark MAGA. Like we need to be, this is a, you can't apologize for what you believe in. You can't apologize for what is right. You cannot apologize for the truth. Right. And the, and to stand up for it, you have to be vicious sometimes. Right. If, if you know, you're right, we know we're right. We, and, and you just, the, 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 um, you know, the, the, Monster has opened its wings. It's spread, you know. the The fist is closed. The, the the fist of the regime is fully closed and smashing right now. And you know what? What is your response? 
Mm-hmm. And that's, and that, and you know, that's, that's what I, we need to, I mean, it's not just something we have to do, but we have to do it right. Right. It's not just enough to be passionate and energetic. You also need precision and technique. And, you know, this is, this is what we need to focus on. And, you know, that's my two cents is, you know, my, my uh, sort of evaluation of how we've seen, you know, a, a historic red wave at, you know, we were talking about starting the middle of last year to late last year to now. Mm-hmm. And, and you just all, I'm, I'm just, all you're seeing my, my evaluation, the autopsy, a lot of wasted energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot, and a lot of sabotage from people we think are our friends or people we love or people, you know, it's, or people we look up to or people we just think that are on our side or allies. There's lots of sabotage. And so, you know, the only, the only way through is I think that we need to be not only energetic, but have technique and focus on the end point. And that is to defeat the enemy and win. And that's through the, just the start of that is taking back the house and taking back the Senate, right? I mean, it's going to, it doesn't, it will not end there. There is so much more to do after that, but we got to just start right there. This is, this might be the first election where the, what they're doing is they're making the election about Trump and MAGA again, because they have nothing else to to run on. Absolutely nothing. Zero, zero accomplishments. And, 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 you know, this is going to be going on for a while. I don't understand why we don't have a good response to it. And most likely it's because the people who run our party don't want MAGA as part of their, their party either. Yep. And so, so what are we going to do? What are we going to do folks? We're just going to sit on our hands. You know, we, we got to do something. You said the quiet part out loud there, Vish. And that's why we love having you on the show. Um, For everyone that's not following you right now across social medias and, and we'll be anticipating to hear what your next move would be. Obviously, it's always an open invitation on this show. It doesn't matter what day uh, uh, of the week it is. If it's a Tuesday or Friday and you text me and say, hey, I want to come on the show and talk some shit, done. Guest pushed, Vish Burris style, like mm. when you were on War Room. And, and we'll always make that happen. But let, let our listenership know where, where you uh, can be found at, and we'll live link it in the show description today. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Truth Social at Vish, Twitter at Vish Burra, uh, Getter at Vish Burra. Um, I mean, Telegram, Fishborough. I mean, you know, just, just you, Twitter is the best place to go. So find me there. Love you guys. Keep up the great work on the show. Uh, and I hope to see y'all in Sandy, San Diego sometime. Uh, that'd be great. Can't wait. It'll be an in-studio event and we'll have three hours of content that our listenership will enjoy just as much as the segment. A lot of what you've done has gone into this show, Vish. We can't appreciate, you know, uh, more the fact that when you take time to come sit with us, we really do uh, love having a conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Always, always. I'd love to come back. This is one of our hardest working MAGA extremists that you'll ever meet. Mm. Mr. Vish Burr, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks, guys. So how do you defend the indefensible? What can Trump's protectors and proxies in the Republican Party and in conservative media, what can they possibly say now? The Clinton-Comey standard, we didn't like it, but they basically established a standard that they don't prosecute 
when uh, a senior foreign former official has uh, allegedly mishandled documents. The Clintons and whatnot, they destroyed them. They used right. bleach bit. And did, did the FBI do anything to help there? No, the Department of Justice issued, guess what, mm. immunity. Yes, Trump land where it's always 2016. It's last refuge of every scurrilous scoundrel of the right. It's the last refuge. What about Hillary? But it's not just them. It's the allegedly serious conservatives of the Wall Street Journal opinion page, too. Quote, if Attorney General Merrick Garland can't make a compelling case that Mr. Trump's transgressions are greater than Mrs. Clinton's, the better judgment is not to prosecute and put the country through the trauma of a political trial that half of America will suspect is a case of unequal justice. First off, half the country does not see this as a case of unequal justice. Not when 57% of voters, a clear majority, told NBC News in a poll this month after the Mar-a-Lago search that the investigations against Donald Trump should continue. NBC Nor, News. as multiple analysts have pointed out, do the Trump-Clinton parallels work the way conservatives want them to. Clinton was a government employee with security clearance at the time of her email scandal. She sent classified emails from a private server, yes, to other government employees with security clearances. The number of documents at issue was minuscule compared to Trump's. And through her hours of testimony to the FBI and hours more testifying about her email server to the House Benghazi panel, there was no evidence that she tried to obstruct justice, as opposed to the Trump case, in which the feds now say active steps were taken by the Trump team to try and conceal more stolen classified info at Mar-a-Lago. The FBI found evidence that government records were likely concealed and removed from investigators' view within Mar-a-Lago, and efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. Prosecutors also say that a lawyer for Trump falsely told them that they'd gotten all the classified records at Trump's resort in June. But in their new filing, the feds say that lawyer explicitly prohibited government personnel from opening or looking inside any of the boxes that remained in the storage room, giving no opportunity for the government to confirm that no documents with classification markings remained. Perhaps this is why Trump is having such a hard time finding defense lawyers. I mean, the ones he's got right now may need to be looking for lawyers of their own. Mm. Mm -hmm. Highly doubt <clears throat> it. Wait, so they had a search warrant, but they didn't look at everything. Oh, they just grabbed everything. But no, but they're saying they didn't. They were, they were prevented from looking in boxes. Mm. That's what you just said. What did Hillary Clinton do to her phones? And I understand the well. What about Hillary? But that's the thing. There is still the what about Hillary because she got away with it scot free because she's on the correct side with the weaponized DOJ. So that that came out today. But I want to play. So, all right. So this whole speech by Joe Biden thing the little pedo Hitler kind of got the court case for Trump's request for a special master lost in the wash yesterday. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that had been going on and, and I feel like it's definitely something we need to keep our eye on. So I saw that, um, that MSNBC hit piece right there it's just meant as a distraction. I mean, it literally does. Like, it, he literally talked about the crimes that Hillary Clinton did, and then he's like, but, but you know, he, he outlines everything that she did, and is like, but what did she really do to obstruct justice? Well, they subpoenaed her cell phones. And she smashed them. She bleached bit them and then smashed them with hammers in Ziploc bags. And 
That is obstruction of justice when you're subpoenaed to give them over. But that's neither here nor there. She's old news until she announces that she's running in 24, which is still up for debate. However, uh, I did catch a piece yesterday on the CBS Evening News that kind of went over the events of the day, and that was Trump's lawyers were back in court with the U.S. Department of Justice. Uh, Let's hear this brief overview. Lawyers clashed with Justice Department officials in court for the first time since last month's search. Trump's team argued that the review of evidence should pause so an independent lawyer or special master could be appointed and see whether the documents are privileged. Some legal experts say that move could further complicate the investigation. If that special master is given authority to look for executive privilege, very much so, because one, that master would look at every document, and two, presumably it would mean that Trump wins some of these calls. The federal probe has already revealed the presence of hundreds of documents marked classified in Trump's possession and prompted an unprecedented damage assessment by intelligence officials. Jay Bratt, the head of DOJ's counterintelligence division, argued against the appointment of a special master. He claimed the FBI search was legally sound. Trump is no longer the president, and because he is no longer the president, Bratt said, he did not have the right to take those documents. That's not how it works. The former Mm-mm. president continues to maintain that he did nothing wrong when he brought the sensitive materials to Florida last year. Then all of a sudden you're leaving, and stuff gets packed up and sent. Right. All sorts of stuff. You know, mostly the boxes, uh, pictures and newspapers and shirts and gear and, you know, golf balls. As federal judge Eileen Cannon mulls whether to appoint a special master, she has ordered the unsealing of a more detailed list of property taken from Mar-a-Lago. You're going to be able to see what Trump had and that it was more than just keepsakes and and, uh, mementos. It was serious national security material. Mm. Judge Cannon said earlier today that she would not make a ruling from the bench, and she has not yet made an announcement about what she will do. For now, the intel assessment of the evidence continues, as does the investigation of Trump's conduct. Nora? Still some... I, I feel like we're going to get a special master's or someone that's going to provide oversight over this investigation. I just feel that we're going to. But in an unexpected move today, the U.S. Department of Justice released the entire uh, inventory list from the stuff that was seized at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, you know, they had that staged picture there. Mm-hmm. With all the shit that was thrown on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, are you ready for this, Noah? Yeah, let's hear it. The FBI stole 1,573 news articles, magazines, newspapers, and other, quoting, printed media dating back for, to 2008 from Mar-a-Lago. Um, they also stole 10,906 U.S. government documents slash photographs without classification markings. The FBI also took 33 books, 18 clothing and gift items, amongst other things. Mega hats? Hmm. Not mega hats. No? <laughs> no. Well, maybe. You, you know, we say it jokingly now, but we, we literally went from nuclear codes to autograph time magazines. So was there anything substantive on the list at all? N- nothing that really rang my bell to be honest with you and uh 
you know, I just don't see, obviously there was stuff that was sensitive, but then you get into that whole, you know, no, what does this mean? Two U.S. government documents with confidential classified markings, right? Yeah. 15 U.S. government documents with secret classification markings. Seven U.S. government documents with top secret classification markings. 69 U.S. government documents, photographs without classification markings. 43 empty folders with classified banners on them. 28 empty folders labeled Return to Staff, Secretary, Military Aid. So, so that's kind of like... Well, that could be a lot of those bolstering those numbers with those cover sheets, which mm-hmm. are literally just a cover sheet that's used when those type of documents are in play. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One U.S. government document with secret classification, 99 magazines, newspapers, press articles, and other printed material. And then, you know, it's just a whole... Nothing. Nothing. And... You know, we've literally gotten to a point right now to where this is going to look really worse than I assumed for the FBI and DOJ. Um, Well, it's going to look worse to us, but unfortunately the people who are still listening to MSDNC and mm. stuff like that, which were, I mean, that last clip you played sounds really bad when you frame it like that. Yep. But at the same time, you're framing it in a way that is not reflective of what's actually happening. Yeah, so, I mean, you can you can say the fucking sky is falling all you want, but until somebody actually starts getting hit with it, you're just saying it. Well, they actually did. Former disgraced U.S. Attorney General Bill looks like Sully from Monsters, Inc. Bar hmm. um, jumped on Fox News today, and I'm going to paraphrase. I think for them to have taken things to the current policy, they probably had pretty good evidence People say this is unprecedented. Well, it's also unprecedented for a president to take all this classified information and put them in a country club. Again, I just want to remind our listening audience. Every president does this shit. And, and every president is given the facilities and the storage areas to do it. Skiff at Mar-a-Lago. You know, and uh, Barack Obama, 33 million documents still sitting in tractor trailers uh, and storage containers at his presidential library bill clinton 14 million documents all the same typeset of material yeah Um, because that's what that shit is and it's gonna have those markings on it even if it's already been declassified they're not gonna reprint the fucking page and change the fucking stamp there's not somebody with a fucking eraser that's taking the top secret off and just making it say secret like fuck off yeah well the first comment in on that section was um you know, why did you let BLM destroy our country for six months? Yeah. Good. It's a valid fucking question. It sure is. And, and one that we probably... Oh, is it the rule of law? Is mm-hmm. that what it is? The rule of law. Rule. Law. No, I don't think that was it. No, it definitely wasn't. Maybe of? I we, think it was of. We did get some updates today from uh, Jim Jordan's office, Noah. Mm. I don't know if you heard this one. It's actually pretty good. Um, to the honorable soon to be dishonorable and impeached Merrick Garland from Jim Jordan. Um, and I'm going to paraphrase here. He wants some stuff. And at the end of the day, your appearance along with FBI director, Christopher Ray in a public hearing before the house judiciary committee concerning the raid on president Trump's home and 
the provision of all communications and documents requested by Republicans related to the raid on the former president's home. And they, I don't see if they gave an M date on that, but that wasn't all. Wait, there's more. Um, within the hour, he sent out another one. Dear Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> for these reasons, we request, in addition to all the responses and outstanding requests from October 14, 2020 through March 31st, 2022, letters that you produce the following documents and information. Who is your barber? Number one. It's a skin suit. Leave him alone. <laughs> all documents. Is that where the zipper is? Maybe. It's across the hairline. All documents and communications between October 1st, 2020 and the present between or among any employee or contractor of Facebook and any individual affiliated with the FBI referring to relating to New York Post reporting about the Biden family. All documents and communications between the same date and present between or among any people from Facebook and anyone associated with the Biden for President campaign or the Democrat National Committee referring or relating to the New York Post article reporting about the Biden family. All documents and communications between the same date and the present between any person connected to Facebook and any individual affiliated with the FBI referring or related to purported election misinformation and the 2020 presidential election disposition. And all documents between October 1st, 2020 and the present referring to or relating to Facebook's plans to implement its actions based on the FBI's message to be on high alert for election misinformation. Mm. Lizardberg has until September 15th to respond. I did not see a date on Merrick Garland's one, but they're they're essentially ordering them in for a hearing. And what is the what is the result if they refuse or don't su- supply this information? Subpoenas. Better nothing right now. Subpoena coladas. Mm, subpoena coladas. Yeah, I, I just double checked the Garland to Christopher Way one. They just want them to appear, essentially immediately. Uh, which could be as early as next week. So, you know, the the counter narrative and pushback to that is, is, is a lot better than what we usually do. Um, and we need to continue to, you know, keep this at the forefront of some of the things that we're focused on besides the midterm elections because they're using this as an attempt to stop Donald Trump from running. So this would be like issue 1A. Um, I did bring, to end the week, a heaping helping of KGP. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes that. Everybody loves it. No, not at all? Nah, it's just it's frustrating. She's such a dumbass. She, she, she won't be there much longer. Um, well, you know, she was talking about some of the stuff that, that highly interests you, Noah. Uh, jobs. Right? Fastest job growth in history? Oh, of course. Let's check it out. As you know, the good news is in August, the economy created 315,000 jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office, uh, which is the fastest job growth in history. So you're asking me, where's the success? Here it is. Wait, let me finish. Wait, wait. Hold on. on. No, no, we're not going to let you finish. It's bullshit, all of it. Where in in the the numerical chart of everything does 10,000 million jobs go? Oh, I, f- I forgot that she said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10,000 million. 10,000 million. 10,000 million. You ever hear of it before? 10,000 million. Uh, is that the amount of votes that Biden got? 10,000 million? Mm-hmm. 
right? You know, one of the biggest things that's uh, becoming a pretty important topic uh, regarding our kids. So these test standards came out, children age 9 to 11. So you're essentially talking about second or third to fifth or sixth grade. They had the, uh, they essentially erased two decades of improved test scores coming out of COVID. Mm. So test scores, reading, writing, and math would be going up. There's a lull for COVID because remember, press the button, go on to the next question. Mm-hmm. Keep pressing it until it's right. Yeah. And now testing is starting to happen for this school year, and they are absolutely atrocious. I um, have seen a lot of a lot of this in my kids' school. Um, I've seen it with one of my kids, my daughter. She's developed a little bit of testing anxiety. I have that. Coming out of COVID. <laughs> uh, something she inherited from her mom, but really wasn't an issue before when, when she was a younger student. I mean, I know the work's a little bit more compartmentalized now, but it, it's sad to see her struggle in that. You know, days where there's, like, tests, my daughter will be up at 4 o'clock in the morning pacing the house, already dressed for school when she doesn't need to leave for three hours. Like, you could just tell. Mm. Yeah, and it's just, you know, we're never going to be able to forgive these people what they did to our kids and some of the damage that they've done regarding, you know. And kids are resilient, and this is fucking them up. Yep. Like, I mean, there's, like, everybody knows about, like, the kid that got, you know, got abused as a child and grew up and had all these issues and stuff like that, or his mom smoked while he was in the womb and all this other stuff. Like everything has consequences for children. Like their, their bodies are developing, their minds are developing and they're learning the building blocks of how they're going to live their life. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad, bad scene right now. It certainly is. And, and, you know, we really hope that the kids kind of pull out of this because for as much as the press wanted to talk about Joe Biden's speech last night, this is one of the issues that they really have been hammering her on uh, for the last couple of weeks since these test scores have been coming out. And I believe that the article first originated in the Wall Street Journal and now has moved on to places like the New York Times and the Washington Post. They're even, you know, reporting it, which to me is kind of eye-opening. But guess what? It's like the same thing with not being able to screw your pool boy uh, everybody has kids, and it doesn't matter how rich you are. If your kids can't learn because they didn't go to school for two years, essentially, you're going to be just affected like, uh, you know, all the people that you like to stomp on every day. Well, even the that CNN commentator, uh, what's her, Mila Wen or whatever the fuck her name was? Oh, like the mask lady? Yeah, she yeah. literally came out and said masking fucked up her kids yep. in not so many words. Yeah. Like, what? She was the biggest proponent for doing all this bullshit and then now they've let her off the leash, and she's like, well, I'm not getting paid to fucking toe the line anymore. Here we go. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, it hurts at home. And, you know, as, as, as I know there's a lot of parents and grandparents who listen to this show, you, you know, don't feel like this is something that's just singled out to your kids. This is something that's affecting millions of kids across the country right now. And, and who knows what what the right uh you know the remedy is for this besides supporting them um she was also asked yesterday it's something we touched on a couple of times that really didn't have any commentary on 
what the uh, angle was for the Biden regime to have staged military uh, flanking the president on both sides throughout the course of the speech, which in turn added to the overall bad optics of it. Um, let's hear. I think the line should be drawn for having members of the military who could be perceived as being part of stagecraft for an address. The former president was criticized for using military many different times in many different settings. And you're right, there have been other instances and other presidents where members of the military, especially here at the White House, but to be at a location in Pennsylvania where the Marines are not normally stationed, where does the president see the line for having members of the military included? So that's a good point. Well, as we said before, I just want to be very clear. No, I you was know, wrong. As you know, the president was at Independence Hall, uh, and you know the history. I'm just going. I'm going to repeat it, but I know you know the history, which is where um, some <sighs> of our some of our the documents of some of our most critical um, rights and freedoms were debated uh, and uh, were drafted. And so being at Independence Hall for this president, and you you follow this president, oh. uh, you know how he thinks and you know oh. uh, how, um, you know, how he is Say. as an elected official. Oh. He believes uh, that is important for him to speak uh, very loudly to have actually loudly, the loudest voice when it comes to our democracy. And so for him, this was not a political speech. Oh. This was an opportunity oh. in prime time to talk directly to the American people and to be very clear, clear with a clear voice to talk about what is happening in our country today. And it was uh, about our values as a country, about our democracy as a country. And so that is what the president wanted to convey. I, w I wish Peter Ducey. Exactly. Would have brought like a three by five printed out like the Joe Biden shaking his fist at the heavens mm. and, and just ask like, did, did the president speak clearly and concisely about the soul of the nation when he was when he was doing gestures like this throughout the course of his speech and screaming? You see all like the side by sides of with Hitler? Yeah, it's like. I mean, it's yeah, painstakingly accurate. I mean, they're pretty common motions that you would do while you're speaking uh, exaggeratedly, but still. You shake both fists at the heavens when you speak exaggeratedly? Mm. I mean, I'm even, I'm a, I'm a hand talker, but I keep them below the neckline. Yeah, I guess that's true. Mm -hmm. And in our last audio clip of the week. I only put my hands up when I'm being told to. There you go. Knock, knock. KGP was asked to comment on allegations that the White House had colluded with big tech companies to censor misinformation or what they would label as such. I'm pretty sure you could uh, already derive what her answer would be. On social media companies, um, did the administration give Twitter and Facebook uh, talking points um, over flagging what the president describes as mis misinformation? Talk, say that one more time. Has the administration helped Twitter and Facebook with talking points about what the administration believes is misinformation or how much coordination is there between the administration um, and social media companies? So I, I, I don't have anything to, to share with you on that. I'm not going to comment on, on that right this time. The attorney generals from Missouri and uh, Louisiana said there's a vast censorship enterprise um, across a multitude of federal agencies. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to comment at this time. Oh, no comment. Because you Take know the fifth. You're, you're in trouble. Hot. One, two, three, four, fifth. I like that one. 
So that is kind of it. The week in review. Mm. And what a busy couple of days it's been. What a week it was. Mm-hmm. And as we're getting ready to, uh, you know, jump into this Labor Day weekend, we will, of course, be tracking all the news throughout the course of said weekend. Excellent way to end the week. What do you think, Noah? Excellent day. Although we missed Antoinette, we loved hanging out with some of our friends. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode and like to hear the other 165 Steak for Breakfast podcast, you can find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podaddict, Podbean, Google Podcast, FM Player, iHeartRadio, the Patriot Podcast Network on the Roku app, or even on Frank's Speech. Subscribe to the show and rate it. Leave a review. And don't forget to download this and like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds go to our amazing guest today, roving reporter and calling from the road, Mr. Mike Crispy, and of course our great friend, our MAGA extremist, number one, Fish Burra. Mm. In addition to them, some of our internet friends, Who White Memes, the Patriotic Babes Accounts, Ultra Garbaggio, Mr. Christina Baba Save America. Friends, don't forget to go out and throw some cash at our partners because when you do that, it only helps make small American businesses great again. Speaking of which, my pillow. I got a good one for you. Don't be like Bed Bath & Beyond. Six months ago, they canceled MyPillow products in their store. Turns out Mike Lindell and the MyPillow family was keeping Bed Bath & Beyond afloat. 150 stores nationwide closing. Got them. Got them. And when you enter promo code to take a checkout, you're going to get the best night's sleep you've ever owned. MyPillow.com forward slash steak is the website for anything sleep related and if you want to get a little bit of that coffee going i highly recommend it mystore.com forward slash steak or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative 1-800-658-8045 the top tier of ear gear the world's most technologically advanced in studio recording equipment can be found at odyssey um i can't say enough about these headphones the comfort level the acoustics I don't have one complaint about them, except every once in a while I'll get, like, the uh, over-the-ear paddle turned around and no one's got to fix it for me. It <laughs> Oper- happens. Operator error. This is an investment you don't want to be without if you are gaming, potting, in-studio recording, whatever you're doing, music, and uh, the quality is unparalleled. Odyssey.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Stay ready, gear holsters. If you want a picture of uh, Pedo Hitler... They'll put it on a concealed carry Kydex holster, and they'll get that order out faster than ever before. You can put it on a brown one. There you go. Mm. StayReadyGear.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, too. Man rubs. Noah? Delicious. You're welcome. I've got it in front of me right now. He had some, uh, he had some Italian pork, etc. I brought him over today, but I did buy it, shake it, sprinkle it, rub it. I threw it in the slow cooker with a whole bunch of other shit. Turns out it tasted pretty delicious. Noah threw it in his mouth. Num, num, num. Oh. Manrubs.com is the <laughs> website. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has a pretty simple occasion for all your gun-related needs. Firearms, parts, accessories, most importantly, ammo. WestCoastSurvivalArms.com is the website. He's on Facebook Messenger. You can give him a ring on the phone, 619-870-6992. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. You're going to love all the gear they've got in their store, and you're going to like their Instagram a little bit more. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, does anyone listening still not have a zero fuck stuck yet? You gotta find out. Dumbbox.us. 
Oh, I saw somebody ripping off Zero Fuck Stuck. I don't want to hear that. I sent you a message. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram as well. Upcoming shows. We're coming back after the Labor Day weekend, and we'll be jumping in on Tuesday with some hot commentary on the Trump rally. Uh, we're going to be sitting down with someone who's going to be speaking at the event, Pennsylvania 8 Republican nominee, Trump-endorsed Jim Bognett. For the first time, we're going to sit down with Peter Hernandez. He's running in a new district out here, and it's looking pretty favorable to secure for America First, California 18. And, of course, the spokeswoman for the 45th President of the United States, Liz Harrington. Christina Bob will be here next Friday. Following Tuesday on the 13th, Boris Epstein, Clay Clark, Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation reached out, oh, locked wow. it in. Nice. First time we're going to be uh, having somebody from them join us. And we're going to be topping off everything with a little bit of Ambassador Rick Rennell. Cash Patel's scheduled for the 23rd. Devin Nunes is scheduled for the 26th. And then we'll fill in the blanks in between now and then. Guys, thanks for remember about all of our friends of the week. Almost got me there. Mm. True Social Twitch streamer crew, Beastie Man 420, CSM Master, American Nintendo, Siberian Kitty, and Burger Man. Some call me Tim79. Excellent commentary on some of our posts. Right Wing Savages 2.0, The Duke of Memes, Dumbass Photoshop, Real Brenda. Grand Old Memes was on fire yesterday, but Joe Biden had a speaking event, so why wouldn't he? Steven Voiceover, John Hacker LA, The Silent Meme Majority, Mostly Peaceful, That Southern Dude, and the rest of the gang in the friend zone mean share. Now things to remember before now on Monday. Number one, do your own research. Didn't take too long for a lot of people to find a comparable picture of Hitler to Joe Biden talking last night. Those people were out there working hard doing the research. I think most people saw it in their heads. There you go. Number two, start a podcast. Yep. Decent-ish. Yeah, a little, little bit today. We've got some flags. Number three, let's start talking about American greatness again. The antithesis of American greatness is what we all heard from Joe Biden last night. We are not talking about it enough. Donald Trump will be talking about it a lot this Saturday. And number four, let's see what happens. This has been episode 166 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And we'll be back with episode 167 on Monday. Jim Bugnett, Peter Hernandez, and of course, Liz Harrington. On behalf of the pod team, I'm Roan. Noah? Later. Thanks for listening. Happy Labor Day. And take care. his life and I will give you the stone no tricks don't
loyal to people maybe i'm loyal to a fault but i'm so loyal to people that when somebody's slightly disloyal to me i look upon it as a great act of horror and how are you different than you were three or four years ago well i used to say and in fact i think i said in my first book that and maybe this was foolish but i, I really meant it that someday i'd like to maybe lose everything for a period of time to see who's loyal and who's not loyal and I frankly, I found out a lot of things. Did you find out who's loyal and no, not loyal? I tell you what, and you can't guess it. You can't predict it. You think certain people would be loyal no matter what. And it turns out that they're not. And you just you just can't predict it. It's very difficult. And that I think I would have treated people differently. I think that, you know, some of the people that were most loyal to me are people that I didn't think would be. Some of the people that were least loyal to me are people uh, you got I it. think I would have treated them differently. I think I would have treated different groups differently. I would have wiped the floor with the guys that weren't loyal, which I will now do, which is great. You know, I love getting even with people, but I will... It's I will up. Wipe. You love getting even. Oh, absolutely. You don't believe You don't believe in the eye for the eye? You do. <laughs> no. I know you well enough. I think you do. But anyway, but... <laughs> but they, tell me, I mean, you, you're going to get even with some people. Because yeah, I know. If given they, the opportunity, if given the opportunity, I will get even with some people.